Here it comes, boys and girls. Grease the motherfucking wheels with your host, Uncle Jimmy. Bringing you your automotive technician podcast where we bitch and moan like little girls about all the shit that fucking happens to us. Oh, man. How we're not very well paid and we're not respected and we're not appreciated and we're treated like shit. Maybe you don't want to hear it. Maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, Hey, here's what we're going to do today. But first, I'd like to make a little public announcement uh well, i want to thank all you guys for what you do i try to do it every week i want to thank you very much i really i really mean this sincerely too i want to thank you very much for what you do because a nobody else is gonna and b i am familiar with what you do and why it's important and i think it's lost in the mix uh it's lost you know where it's lost it's lost in the numbers uh, yeah oh you didn't turn you didn't do as many cars as you did last week Oh, you didn't make as much money as you did last week. Oh, shut your fucking face. Moving on. Here's today's a topic of discussion. I found this crazy ass article on the internet. And I wanted to share it with you because I believe it's extraordinarily ridiculous. Extraordinarily. I mean, it is over the top fucking re-fucking-dick-ulous. Let me give you the build up here. This is a uh, page called the North Carolina Consumers Council. And the name of this particular uh, article, I guess you could say, is called, and this is the name, bear with me, it's a big, long, run-on sentence. If your mechanic tells you any of these things, it's time to shop around for a new mechanic. That's the name of this particular uh, story that they have put out there as a public service announcement for human beings who own automobiles. Uh, let me let me tell you something right now, okay? Uh, let's just get this straight. If you uh, if you aren't a mechanic and you're listening to this, but you have a mechanic, you should consider yourself one lucky some bitch, okay? Because most people uh, don't have a mechanic. No, they have a shop they go to, and there's mechanics there, but they don't have a mechanic themselves they don't have somebody that they can take their shit to somebody who they can talk to personally and maybe knows them and maybe he's had a beer with them or a bonfire or maybe a hamburger or maybe uh they grew up next to him or maybe they're related to him somehow or another that's always an unfortunate situation for mechanics isn't it especially when your family comes calling you hey i want to drop my car off or sometimes they just drop it off without calling that that happens too Although I, I was able to put the kibosh on that myself by moving 1,700 fucking miles away. Very effective, by the way. Um, most people do not have a fucking mechanic. Okay. Now, I have really no one that I would, that I, I don't think that there's anyone who would say that I am their mechanic. And if they did, God bless them. I'm not going to work on their shit. So they can say whatever they want. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any personal customers. Okay. Now, maybe some of you do. And maybe some of you have a lot of them. Uh, maybe some of you make more money working on shit at home in your own garage than you do working at a shop for some other jackass. I'm not trying to suggest that you're a jackass, but yeah, uh, most people don't have a mechanic. They have a shop, okay, and they go to a shop. Now, a lot of times for people that go to a shop, and this is where they lose their fucking grip on reality, which was loose to begin with. Um, they don't. They don't have a mechanic, okay. So. To suggest that a mechanic does one thing or another or does this or does that or says this or says that is really kind of an X large, a bunch of bullshit is what it is. Okay. Because what you're hearing 
as a customer at a shop is typically not what the mechanics said, okay? It's what the service advisor said or the service personnel that, uh, you know, take your keys and write up your RO, whatever you want to call them, whether it's a an owner, which it could be, or it's a, a shop manager or a service manager or an assistant service manager or a service advisor, you're hearing what they're saying, okay? And you could easily change the name of this article to, if your service advisor tells you any of these things, it's time to shop around for a new shop. That's what it should say, okay? I don't think you necessarily need a new mechanic. You just need to understand that the things he says are not being repeated back to you verbatim. It's not happening. It's not fucking happening. Okay, now maybe maybe some of you guys out there uh, do some of the fucking shady shit that they're kind of trying to talk about on this particular uh, article. Maybe, maybe I would, I would like to think, and I would hope that you don't do the shady stuff. I mean, seriously, gentlemen and ladies, if you're out there, all six of you listening, there's a lot of honest work out there. There's a real ass ton of, and there's, that's, there's no real honest, uh, measure of anything, but an ass ton is a lot. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Um, there's an ass ton of work out there to be done all honestly, so really, to, to break your chops, to break your ass, to, you know, to break your fucking arm or whatever you have that you could break to uh, try to rip somebody off, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. There's just, all you have to do is do what they ask you to do, fix what's wrong, boom, go on your way. There's another car. There's probably, you know, if you work in a shop where there's a lot of work, for every car you fix, there's three that you have to fix. And I mean, this goes on day after day after day after day because... Your shop does not fucking pay enough to keep good mechanics around. They're not doing it, okay? Now, I don't want to go on about the pay. I go on about that all the time, okay? And I almost never fail to mention it, honestly, because it sucks. It sucks, and that's why there's not a lot of mechanics out there. It's the the fucking reason. It has nothing to do with fucking high school, high school automotive shop classes or, you know, I, I, I don't know, whatever fucking other bullshit excuses they're coming up with. But here is this article, which is only adding fuel to the fire that mechanics are the worst fucking thing going, okay? I mean, there's there's like Hitler, and then there's Stalin, and then there's mechanics as far as the groups of heinous people. The list of heinous people is, is, is really, I think, number one on the list of heinous people, Hitler. Number two, Stalin. He was a cocksucker and an asshole. And then number three... Auto mechanics, who are, by the way, also cocksuckers and assholes. Um, but you know what? You and I, we know that that's not true, okay? We get, we have the worst fucking public relations out there, okay? Everyone thinks we're out there to fucking rip them off and to fucking get all their money and not fix their car right. It's just not true. It's just not true. And I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I try desperately to fucking rail against that. But then you get some fucking horse's ass who writes an article like this. Okay, and this article is not credited, and it's probably a good thing because I'd fucking search him out on one of those people finder websites, and I would write to him and say, "Listen, you need to grab your neck with both hands and pull your head out of your ass. You're all fucking wrong." Now, with this article, I just skimmed it really quickly because I wanted to go through it organically. You know how I like to do that. Um, and let me start with let me start with one of my first problems with this okay i'm kind of a numbers person i think a lot of people are numbers people they they, they you know they 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 like things in twos and fours and sixes and eights you know even numbers and other people like prime numbers other people like numbers that are divisible by five this list has wait for it 
19 points. This just ruins me, okay, mathematically. It ruins me. 19, couldn't come up with one fucking more or one fucking less. No, we had to come up with 19, okay. And they're ridiculous, okay, because I just, like I said, I skimmed them and I just found them to all be stupid. And I'm going to dive in right now and give you some examples. And this, is, this is what it says. Nearly everyone has gone to the local shop for routine auto maintenance only to drive away after paying a lot more in unexpected charges. Yes, unexpected charges. Now, uh, here's the thing that I'd like to say about that. I have, in 20 years, seen people do everything to their fucking car. Everything. You name something that could go wrong with your car. You name a way that you could make that something go wrong. And I've seen it. We have, uh, I have a guy right now, uh, his car is at my shop where I'm working now. Somebody did the brakes on his car for him. This person needs to be fired because he fucked that car all up. He bolted the caliper bracket onto the left front uh, hub. And in doing so, the bolt, which had a washer, uh, you know, uh, on it, it, had, it was a washer headed bolt. He somehow trapped the wheel speed sensor underneath this washer on this bolt and sent that fucker home. And let me tell you what. This thing lit up his dashboard like a Christmas fucking tree. Seriously, I was looking for Santa's lap to sit on when I saw it. I was like, holy shit. And I get down there and I look and I, this is like really literally one of the stupidest things I've seen eh, in the last couple of weeks anyway. And I'm like, okay, so here's an unexpected charge for you because you are a fucking stupid because it had that real kind of I did it myself at home kind of look about it. Maybe not. I don't know. I didn't hear because here's the thing. Okay, and this is this is another problem that this article doesn't address is that I didn't talk to this guy. I probably wouldn't have been very nice. I probably would have used words like stupid and and retard and and moron. But I didn't get to talk to him. And, and so it's let me tell you something, boys and girls. That's a very fucking good thing. Okay. But I go in and I and I quoted it to him. You know that you need this thing and. He's like, uh, oh, and by the way, okay, just between you and me, he's a fucking doctor. Yeah. I'd like to. <laughs> I want this guy taking my appendix out. Sure fucking thing. He's going to fucking wrap my liver around my spine somehow or another and fucking crush it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he did his own breaks. I, I, I just don't know. I just know that the person who did it was not so good at what he does. At what they were trying to do anyway. So uh, an unexpected charge, sure, that would be unexpected, I would imagine. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, you got to have a wheel speed sensor now. And here's the, here's the thing, just to add to that story, and then I'll end it. I, I apologize for going off on a tangent here. He tried to get his aftermarket warranty company to pay for it. And I think that they fucking came back with a resounding fucking no. We're not paying for that. That's stupid. And, he's, and he still hasn't fixed it. I've got another problem. He's got a bad ignition coil, so his car runs like crap, and that's really all he cares about. Whether or not the lights are coming on, eh, I don't give a shit about that, apparently. Okay, so this is definitely one doctor I do not want to visit, okay? All right, moving on here. Uh, here's what it says next. Most mechanics are honest, hardworking people who only want to help you by pointing out problems you may not know about. That's exactly what I was just talking about. But some mechanics want to take you and your wallet for a ride. Well, okay, uh, and I'll agree that that does happen, and I wish that I could put the kibosh on it myself, but I can't. All I can do is, is chastise you and admonish you to perhaps do the right 
thing at all times if you can. Uh, I try to. Doesn't always work out, but uh, most of the time it does. And 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 sometimes when it doesn't, I like to try to make things right somehow or another myself personally if I can. Okay. Anyway, moving on. If any of these things sound like your mechanic, you might want to start looking for a new one. Well, yeah, okay, but you're not looking for a mechanic. You're looking for a shop. Let's get that shit straightened out. Uh, and I, th- I think that we all know what I'm talking about here. If you have people that you do work for, they know you. They know what you can do. They're familiar with what you do, and they probably trust you. And you know what? They probably trust you for all the right reasons because you you have them in mind. You have empathy for them. You understand their financial situation. You're not going to bend them over and give it to them in the back side, are you? Well, maybe you are. I don't know. Um, and, and maybe that's how some of those relationships either get started or continue to exist or maybe how they end. I don't know. You'll you'll have to be the judge of that one. So uh, let me move on here and continue to not make any fucking sense. Let me dive right in here. The number one, uh, the, this is just number one. It's not, I don't think it's in any kind of order, but number one says you can use any kind of motor oil. Now we all know that that's bullshit. We all know that's bullshit. You're certainly not going to put regular conventional motor oil into a diesel. They require a different oil how about some of the newer stuff some of the newer stuff requires 20 zero 20 it's basically drinking water okay with some with some uh luberous properties to it you know it's almost like a coolant really i think even maybe coolant might have uh, a higher viscosity than zero 20 um and then it goes on to explain here that the the first number is the viscosity or the ability of oil to flow at zero degrees f Okay, I've never heard that before, but that could very well be true. The second number is the viscosity of 212 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the normal operating temperature of most vehicles. Yeah, that's about right, too. Uh, so, okay, so a 530 is supposed to flow like a 5 weight at zero and a 30 weight at the boiling point of water. But that doesn't really say here why that's a bad thing. You can use any kind of motor oil. Well, actually, yes, you can, okay, because if you have motor oil, and your vehicle doesn't have any in it, and you want to run it, you're better off putting something in there rather than nothing. Uh, here's what it goes on to say. Some vehicles in extremely cold climates use a thinner oil so they can start easier. Okay, notice the second number of the viscosity at normal operating temperature is the same. Uh, vehicles can run on this thinner oil in order to get better efficiency in the minutes after starting. You know, and that honestly is one of the reasons why we have thinner motor oils now than we used to because they are thinner. They don't create... Uh, additional mass on your crankshaft and your, your connecting rods and and whatever else you got in there that's spinning around, whether it's camshafts, plural or non-plural, and timing components. Um, they need oil to survive. I think we all know that. Uh, there's In some cases, there's lifters, push rods and rocker arms and stuff like that. That stuff all needs to be oiled so that the metal-to-metal contact isn't actually metal-to-metal. It's metal-to-oil-to-metal. So oil, you can't just use any kind of oil. It really shouldn't. But in like an extreme case, any oil is better than no oil. Now, I don't know if maybe you should send your technician or your mechanic packing because he says something like, oh, you can use any kind of motor oil. No, you really want to kind of follow the manufacturer's recommendation. And if you have a mechanic who's just not familiar with what they are, he's just, well, basically not familiar with what they are. Does it make him a terrible mechanic? Well, it's it's kind of puts him on that path, but no, it doesn't. Um, If there's other things he does, well, then 
uh, maybe you should look into what kind of motor oil you need to use all by your fucking self, okay? How about that? Uh, number two, I wouldn't drive that very far. Now, I have uh, in the past seen cars that were so dilapidated, and that's being kind, okay? Uh, another way to saying it would be extraordinarily fucked up, and I wouldn't drive them that far. I wouldn't drive them anywhere. I mean, I had a car one time at one shop I worked at where every ball joint was dangling by a thread, it seemed like. The front suspension on the vehicle was so sloppy loose, and the brakes were, they were metal to metal on all four corners. The pads were right on the rotors. The tires were all bald, okay? Now, um, you may want to go find a different mechanic, but I would say... I wouldn't drive that very far. I wouldn't drive that anywhere. I wouldn't even want to drive it out of the shop for fear that something would break on it and I would careen wildly into something I don't want to hit, like my toolbox or maybe the tire machine or one of my fellow employees. I just I wouldn't drive it at all. How about that for a fucking answer, okay? Um, you've seen them. We've all seen them. Cars that should definitely, definitely, definitely not be on the fucking road at all. And this is uh, another, just to, just to veer off into a small tangent here, this is why it concerns me a great deal when certain states in this country, at least in the United States, have decided that they don't need to have an annual inspection, an annual safety inspection for the vehicles that operate in their state. I think that that's very, very wrong. Look, if you let people just keep, continue to drive their vehicle in any shape, any kind of uh, condition they want, they will not do anything to uh, correct any of the problems they have with the car. They just won't do it. They won't do it. It costs money. Nobody really wants to spend money on their car. Uh, some people especially, uh, more than others, don't want to spend money on their cars. Uh, some of us as mechanics, we don't have too much of a problem. We understand what needs to be done and what's going to happen if you don't do it. And maybe some of us are car guys anyway, and we'll replace stuff uh, before it needs to be replaced, you know, uh, changing the oil a little sooner than most people would, maybe changing the brakes when they start to get a little low instead of really fucking low or metal to metal. But most people aren't like that, okay? And they're going to need some sort of incentive element state forced to get their vehicle repaired properly or get a different one. I've seen people, we, I know we all have too. We've all seen cars that should absolutely not be on the fucking road, you know, brake lines pinched off with vice grips, a what, you know, uh, tires that are bald and, and have numerous plugs in them and, and brakes that are metal to metal and, and windshields that are broken and headlights and taillights that don't work. All of this stuff needs to be checked and people are not going to do that. They're not going to do that because they can't fix them. Anybody who, who listens to this particular podcast and isn't a mechanic probably doesn't have any idea how to fix three quarters of the stuff I just listed. You know, I mean, oh, I could go get tires. Um, as far as doing the brakes, I'd have to have somebody else do that too. There's the problem is that that stuff costs money. I mean, you know, you and I need money, right? I mean, we have mortgages and car payments and we have kids and a wife and they, every, all that shit costs money, bro. And, and I go to work to do things to earn money and I'm not going to fucking work for free. Fuck that. Fuck that. Okay. All right, so I wouldn't drive that very far. Yeah, you're goddamn right I wouldn't drive that very far. Does that make me a bad mechanic? No, it makes me a pragmatic mechanic. It means that I'm going to fucking, you know, I'm going to fucking look at something and go, <laughs> if I were you, I wouldn't drive that too far, unless, of course, you're you're uh, suicidal. Does that make me a bad mechanic? I don't know. 
Is it make is it, if you feel like when I tell you that something is bad and that you shouldn't drive it at all or very far, and you don't want to believe me? Well, that's 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 your that's on you. That's on you. If I tell you something, and, and here's the thing too, and we do this all the time. I think a, a lot of the smart mechanics do this anyway. I don't know if some of the what the, some of the dumb ones are doing, but uh, I like to CYA, baby. I like to cover my ass. If people say to me, "Oh, can I drive my car for another, you know, two weeks until I trade it in, or till I sell it, or till I scrap it?" I'll just tell them straight out. You know, if it's fucked up, I'll say, "No, you can't drive it. You shouldn't drive it unless you want to end up dead." Okay, and then I'll write it down on the uh, repair order because if that guy hits the proverbial grease the wheels school bus full of children and kills them all, he goes, "Well, I was just at the shop and they didn't tell me my car was unsafe." Uh, bullshit. Let's go to the RO. Here's right here. It says recommend customer not drive vehicle. So I wouldn't drive that very far. Number two. Yeah. No, I don't think you guys should spare anybody that. Fuck them and what they think. Really, literally, fuck them and what they fucking think. They can think that you're trying to pad your wallet, but if their fucking shit, if their fucking whip is in terrible shape, just tell them. You got to tell them later. You got to shoot straight. You got to shoot right between the eyes. Fucking kill them dead with it. You can't drive that car or you shouldn't drive that car. Or let's not tell you, I wouldn't drive that car. I wouldn't drive it very far either. We're driving anywhere. Okay, let's move on. I think I beat the shit out of that subject, right? Number three. Here's the number three item on this particular list. We actually recommend doing this maintenance sooner. Well, okay. I don't really have too much of a problem with that. I mean, if you're familiar with a car, and I'll give you I'll give you a very good example of what I'm talking about, okay? But if you see some of the maintenance schedules that some of these cars have, it's fucking ridiculous. I'm not I'm not shitting you. They're like, oh yeah, a lot of uh <laughs> a lot of maintenance schedules that I've seen completely omit things. They leave things off. Okay, now uh, here's one of the here's one of the reasons why a mechanic would actually say we do recommend doing this sooner. Here's why. You ready? The company I work for provides free maintenance up to three years and thirty six thousand miles. Now they used to provide free maintenance up to four years and uh, 48,000 miles or some shit like that. I think it was 50,000 miles, actually. It was a rounded up. So consequently, their oil change intervals were fucking like two years and 15,000 miles. I shit you not. If you're familiar with, with how often you should change your oil and in your own mind have come up with your own kind of a oil change schedule for your own shit or maybe your friend's shit or whatever whatever the people around you drive or even your customers, you know that 15,000 miles is no fucking bueno. That's no good. That is too fucking long, okay? And this company that I work for, the brand I work for, went with this for many, many, many years. Now, honestly, I always recommended doing your oil changes at 5,000 miles. And maybe, maybe, just maybe that's a little too soon because I'm not a chemist. I'm not a chemist. I'm not an engineer. I'm not any of that shit. I'm just a guy who fixes stuff, okay? But to me... 15,000 miles is way too long. 10,000 miles, still too long. 7,500 miles, eh, that's a little better. I think 5,000 miles is perfect. Okay, now that's that's how often I change the oil in my shit. And uh, I really haven't, I mean, knock on wood here. Uh, I haven't had any problems and my shit's almost 10 years old now. Okay, so every 5,000 miles, I yank the old oil out and bring a new filter on it and and keep it going and i've been rewarded with a vehicle that just runs every day i mean it doesn't it hasn't fucked up yet i mean you watch tomorrow i'll come out and they'll throw a fucking rod but uh right now it's it's running just fine and the reason that these 
particular uh, brands, and I think a lot of brands had this sort of thing working, is that when they're paying for them, they don't they don't want to pay for them either. You know, even though it's free, somebody's got to pay, and they don't want to pay, so they made the oil change interval really, 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 really fucking long, really long. And and by the way, uh, no. It's no good because they continued to try to have this particular schedule for oil changes, even when they started sticking turbochargers on them. Now, if any of you out there aren't familiar with this, and I think most of you probably are, is turbochargers like to shove air into a, into a, they, they, they like, they shove a lot of fucking air into a cylinder. They pack that shit in there. That's why they work as well as they do. They use spent exhaust gases to blow air into the intake side of your engine and pressurize the shit out of it, by the way. And then we, we, we refer to it as boost. And then that boost goes into the cylinder. And when the piston comes up, that boost forces a lot of fucking shit past the piston rings. A lot of shit. Mainly carbon. There's a fucking hell of a lot of carbon in there. And if you've ever taken one of the things apart, you know what I'm talking about. You get There's carbon in your engine, baby. And your turbocharger is pushing that shit past the piston rings because they can't, they can't, they can't hold up to that shit. You know, you get some of the cylinder pressures that, that we're running now, even with a regular, like a five or six pound boost turbo, that shit's pushing shit past your piston rings, buddy. Uh, I hate to tell you, and it's fine. They can handle it. You know, the oil's good, but the oil gets a lot of crap in it a lot more fucking crap in it than it would on a naturally aspirated engine so consequently when you have a turbocharged engine the oil gets dirtier way dirtier and way faster so your oil change intervals should come sooner and i can tell you i have seen i have told people this before i they say to me why do you recommend an oil change well, because your oil is fucking dirty and the turbos are pushing carbon and other assorted byproducts of combustion past your piston rings. And about that time, I'll look at them and their eyes are glazing over and they're like, oh, he just wants to rip me off. And that's what it goes back to is that people just assume that technicians are trying to rip them off, even though what I'm trying to tell him makes, I mean, it, I would hope that it makes sense to you guys. It makes sense to me. I mean, you pressurize a, a, a combustion chamber more than usual. You're going to have some of the byproducts of that combustion getting shoved past the piston rings. There's no two ways about it. The oil is way fucking dirtier in a turbocharged engine than it is in a naturally aspirated engine. Okay. Just to try to get on track again here. Uh, point number three, we actually recommend doing this maintenance sooner. Uh, sure. Uh, maintenance is uh, maintenance is a funny thing okay and i've said this before you guys probably heard this uh maintenance is one of those things it's a zero-sum gain okay any money you spend on maintenance feels like to me and you and everybody else by the way like you've just taken money out back in the backyard and set it on fire and burned it because it doesn't pay you back it doesn't pay you back in a way that you can say, oh, wow, that's maintenance paying me back. That's the money I spent on maintenance paying me back. It's it's not something that you can, you're actually going to, when you do maintenance, you're going to prevent yourself from having to spend more money in the future because you didn't do the maintenance, okay? It's one of those things where, you know, it's like eating. You know, you might not be hungry when you eat because you know you won't be able to eat later, but you're going to be hungry later if you don't eat now, okay? Your car's the same way. Got to do maintenance to it to prevent bad things from happening to it. And when you do maintenance to it to prevent bad things that happen to it, you're never going to know what bad things would have happened if you didn't do the maintenance, if you do the maintenance, okay? If you don't do the, fuck it, if you don't do the maintenance, 
maintenance, you're going to find out what bad things will happen to you. Trust me. Okay. So if somebody says to you that they recommend doing a maintenance sooner, you can certainly ask why. You don't need to just bend over and take it in the poop chute and say, oh, sure. Here's, here's my wallet. <laughs> I have like a 30,000, I have like a $3,000 credit limit on that card. Let's, let's use that all up here at the repair shop. And here's my problem with this too, because if I talk to somebody personally, as a human being, person to person, okay? And they're a customer. Maybe I don't know them. Maybe I don't know them very well. Maybe I don't even give a fuck about them, which is probably the truth anyway. And they say, oh, how often should I change my engine oil? Well, I might say something to them to the effect that, you know what? Uh, the manufacturer recommends you change your oil every 10,000 miles, but I recommend you change it every 5,000 miles. And they might say, why? And I would explain to them what I just explained to you. And if it doesn't make any sense to them, then they can make up their own mind about how often they want to have the oil changed, okay? But I feel like that maintenance is not something that, that's ever done too soon. It's always done too late. Okay, I don't think you can ever do maintenance too soon. If it feels like it's too soon, that's fine. That's just a money thing, okay? But uh, as far as maintenance done too late, that you know, that's a money thing too, and that's a big fucking money thing, okay? Get your fucking wallet out and check your credit score because you're going to be looking for a fucking re uh, repair shop loan. <laughs> you're going to need to buy an engine or a transmission or maybe even fucking both, depending on how badly you neglected your shit, okay? Thinking that, uh, and here's another part of that too, okay? Thinking that a mechanic is going to pad his wallet by recommending maintenances for you to be done sooner is just not something that's really happening, okay? I don't make shit doing maintenances. I don't make shit. I don't get paid huge money to change the oil in a car. In fact, we have a program where, I mean, I think that for us, we are pretty close to breaking even, at least on the parts. And then when you figure in the labor uh, you're behind the eight ball as far as the shop and or the mechanic goes. Okay. So if you go to some place and they tell you it's a, you know, a hundred dollars for an oil change on a car that takes seven quarts and a filter and then a, 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 a trained master technician to put that shit all in your car. That's a pretty good fucking value, pal. And I mean that seriously, because after you pay for all the stuff you got to pay for, the shop's not going to make jack fucking shit. Shop's not going to make shit. Once they get done paying for the oil and the filter, and once they get done paying the technician to do it all, uh, the, there's really literally zero profit in there. So if you think that somebody's going to pad their wallet by telling you you need to do maintenance sooner, you're barking up the wrong fucking tree, okay? Now, here's, here's point number four. Sometimes, and this is what it says. I'm just going to read this because this is ridiculous exactly the way it's written. And I don't even need to embellish on it at all to make it more ridiculous. It's just ridiculous all by itself. Here we go. It's uh, number four is we should replace the entire thing. Okay. Now, depending on what you're talking about, sure. That could be easily the most cost effective thing to do. Okay. But here's what it says here. Sometimes you need to replace. I'd like to use some crazy voice. Um, I think, I'll, let me pick one, okay? Here we go. Sometimes you need to replace the entire exhaust system when something is wrong, but other times a simple repair will cover it. Okay, here again, you have to kind of, you know, if you have a mechanic who's trying to rip you off, that's one thing, and it does happen. And it may be easier to replace an entire exhaust system than to fix, a, make a simple little repair. But I can tell you right now, I don't want to spend a lot of time fucking around with a great big exhaust system either on the car or off the car, if there's a simple repair that'll fix it, I'll fucking do that all day long and fucking park that shit the fuck outside and work on something else where I can make more money. Sometimes when we say we should replace the whole thing, what we're talking about here is that perhaps 
the wear that was incurred by the part that actually failed also wore out the part that it's bolted to in some cases, some cases. And so we should probably replace the entire thing. I mean, here's an example, maybe a, a belt tensioner. Okay. So the pulley, the bearing in the pulley is going bad. The bearing for the pulley of your belt tensioner is going bad. Shouldn't you just get a pulley with a new bearing? Sure. Who's going to want to fucking do that? No, we're going to replace the entire tensioner. Well, now you're just trying to rip me off, man. That isn't, that isn't any good. You fucking, you, you fucking criminal, you. No, seriously, okay? This is what it says here. But other times, a simple repair will cover it. If you fail an emissions test because of a hole in your exhaust, you should be going the other direction if you hear words like entire, whole, or system. In some cases, a simple problem like this can be fixed with a much cheaper weld or even a dab of sealant. Some shops will even make this type of repair at no charge to you at and no charge to you if all that is required is a dab of sealant. Ah, okay. Obviously, a non-mechanic wrote that. Sometimes you need to replace the entire exhaust system. Yes. Well, I'm from the north where we get a lot, a lot, a lot of rust because we like to put a lot, a lot, a lot of salt on the road in the wintertime. So if you've got like a small, tiny little hole in your muffler, but the rest of the exhaust system looks good, yeah, go get your fucking pliers and grab a hold of that pipe just ahead of that muffler and see how fucking razor thin that fucking pipe is. Sometimes you can look at an exhaust and it looks fine, but then you find out that it's paper thin, and then as soon as you start fucking with it, it's going to crumble like it's made out of dust, because guess what it is? So, you know, you need to, (laughs) seriously, we should replace the whole thing. Well, okay, no, we don't have to. I mean, sure, I could stick some fucking gasket sealer in a fucking hole in your muffler and send you on your way and maybe not even charge you, which is bullshit. You know, what kind of a shop is going to fix a, do some repair to your car? No charge. If all you require is a dab of sealant, that's no way to run a fucking business. And I say this shit to my advisors all the time, and I think I've even said it to my service manager once. It's like, they don't want to pay for like small, stupid stuff, you know, like doing a video or doing a, a fucking multi-point inspection or, or, you know, just putting a wiper blade on. Do you have to get paid for that? You know, could screwing a, a, a license plate bracket onto a car. Do you have to get paid for that? Well, okay. When you go to the supermarket, do you just say, well, you know, I'm buying a whole bunch of shit. Can I just get like a whole bunch of the small shit for fucking free? No, that doesn't fucking happen. And it doesn't fucking happen anywhere. It doesn't happen anywhere. You go somewhere, you want to buy 10 items, they don't let you slide on the ninth item or the 10th item. They don't let you slide. You have to pay for all of it. And as technicians, you should be getting paid for everything you do. And if you have a boss, a manager or an owner or somebody who just says, oh, you should do that for free, you should just fucking look for the exit and find another shop where they will continue to value your time and your opinion and your training and your tech and your experience and all that and pay you for the things that you do, regardless of how fucking mundane or simple they are. Because no matter how mundane or simple they are, you got to do them and that's time and that's what they're actually paying you for. All right. I don't want to go off on a rant there. I apologize completely, but it's true. I mean, it's true. How many fucking, how many, Jeez, I'm sorry, this really burns my ass, okay? Much like a three-foot-high flame does. People not wanting to pay for repairs, that is the, the, the pinnacle. That is the summit of the problems that we have as technicians. Some people seem to feel that we should work for free if the job is simple. Why? 
I, I, I'm not ever going to be able to understand why I never balk at something when I got When I want something, you know, I mean, what the fuck? If I go to a restaurant and I order a drink and then I get a meal, should I not have to pay for the drink? Fuck no, you got to pay for the drink too. You go to the store, you want to buy 10 things. You know, you're not going to pay for eight of them and get the last two for free. Why should it be that way when you go to a repair shop? Especially when you're dealing with a human being who, oh, by the way, has bills and other things that he has to pay for in his life. And he's trying to work to make money to do that. And now he has to do this job for free. And then that other one over there, see that other car in that other bay, I have to work on that one for free. And then I have to do this over here for free. Where the fuck does this mentality get born? Where does it get born that we rip people off and then we have to go and do stuff for free? It just seems counterintuitive. We're either working for free or we're ripping people off. There doesn't seem to be anything in the fucking middle. We should replace the entire thing. You know, actually, that's something you'll hear me say to some people. I'll, I'll say that, you know, why, why, why wouldn't you replace the entire fucking thing? Why would you, why would you replace one part when the part that's bolted to is now fucked up too? Now, obviously, sometimes you can get away. You can get away with replacing just one little part. It's, it's a lot like, you know, replacing a water pump, but not replacing a timing belt if the timing belt runs the water pump or not replacing the water pump if you're doing the timing belt or not replacing the the, the belts at all if you're doing anything with the pulleys or the fan or anything on a car or not replacing, you know, there's a million things you could just go ahead and not replace. A lot of times it's, it's, it's a... It, Here's an ex- here's a perfect example just popped into my head. Let's say you got a burnt out clutch disc. Holy fucking shit! Has this ever happened to you? Well, guess what? Probably not because they're going away bad. Uh, I saw one today and I was very happy about that. But but let's say you pull you yank a manual transmission out and you got a burnt up clutch disc. Well, okay. In a lot of the cars I work on, because a burnt out clutch disc is also burnt out the clutch and the the clutch cover itself, and then also the flywheel. And of course, while you're in there, you're always going to want to replace, wait for it, ladies and gentlemen, the throwout bearing. So in this particular case, you would say, not only should we replace the entire thing, we have to, we really aren't going to do the job unless we replace the whole fucking thing. We're not going to go in there piecemeal and replace one part because then later on we'll have to pull it all fucking apart again and replace the fucking thing we didn't replace okay clutch pressure plate throw up ring they go together like they go together they just go together that's it i don't have any smart comment for you here i was thinking of something dirty i think that re- the rest of you can probably fill in the blanks there if you want but a clutch pressure plate and a flywheel you do them all together should we replace the entire thing fuck yeah you should replace the entire thing unless you want me to take it apart in a couple of weeks and replace the part you did you were too fucking cheap to replace now dick look maybe somebody's trying to rip you off by saying oh we should just replace the whole thing maybe it's a car salesman just say you know you pull in with your car and it runs like shit and you just say maybe we should just replace the whole fucking car go up front talk to the salespeople. i don't give a fuck they're gonna take your car to a wholesale auction after they offer you 50 bucks for it and they're gonna get like nine thousand dollars for it so our company makes makes most of its fucking money uh number five this list goes on i'm gonna try to shorten it up for you and i apologize i'm going real super long uh number five is you need to fix this now before it becomes a problem I've, I've said that to people. It says here, some greedy mechanics will exaggerate how serious a problem is in order to get you to make a repair. So, 
And now I'm I, here is the fucking problem with that sentence right there. This is what somebody wrote. This is obviously some fucking jackass who works for the state of North Carolina and has written this article and really needs to be uh, taken out and beaten about the head and neck with a fucking crescent wrench because he, that makes no fucking sense. Okay, that's not how it is at all. Let me tell you something else too about this article. And this is great. This is this is like one of the greatest things I've seen in a long time. There is a picture that accompanies this article. And it is a picture of a Volkswagen Beetle and it has a bunch of shit glued to it. You've seen these cars. I know you've all seen these cars. You all have them come into your shop where people have personalized their vehicle and they have glued or stuck weird shit to their car. This is a Volkswagen Beetle. I don't know what color it is. It's pictures in black and white, but there is shit glued to the roof to make the car look like a dinosaur, okay? There's like bumps and little styrofoam pieces of jagged, uh, you know, like spinal extrusions on a dinosaur. So it looks like, so it looks somewhat like a dinosaur. And the license plate, this is the best part too, really, for me anyway, is that the license plate says right on it, dino car or dino car, dino car, uh, suggesting that it's a dinosaur, dino car, a dino car. And the killer part is that it's a photoshopped, it's, it's been photoshopped to, uh, the, the the state that has actually issued this license plate to this particular car, the state name has been photoshopped out, but it's obvious to me because I'm from there that it's a New York plate. And here it is on a North Carolina Consumers Council website. And the best part about it all, really, and this is this is even farther over the edge than that, okay, because it's, it's a beetle. Um, there is a guy wedged up underneath it, and I really mean literally wedged up underneath this fucking thing like he's working on it this car is not even jacked up okay now i can tell you something right now that you couldn't even i couldn't even get my head underneath a volkswagen beetle if it wasn't jacked up there is no i got a well first off i got a fat head but number two they're just not that high off the ground and yet this guy is wedged completely underneath it and this is an actual photograph it's not like a a painting or it's not like a cartoon or anything although it has a real cartoon kind of a look about it it's real and this guy is wedged up underneath this car he must he he might just be stuck he because the fucking thing is right on the ground and it's not that high up he doesn't look like he's a very big person so obviously he's not an auto mechanic because a lot of us are really fucking big and 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 it's just it's just it's completely ridiculous and plus his shoes on fucking tied um so that should give you some idea of of who wrote this article and why okay but let's go back to here where we were number five you need to fix this now before it becomes a problem and here is the first sentence and i'm going to have a problem with just about every word some greedy mechanics will exaggerate how serious a problem is in order to get you to make a repair even if it doesn't really have to be fixed right away okay here's what's wrong with that sentence number one uh Yes, I would say that mechanics are greedy. But if you live your life as someone who feels like you're greedy and want money, if you're a mechanic, you have failed in the most epic fashion possible because we're underpaid. Get the fuck out of this business right now. If you are greedy and and just live for money and you want money and you want to be rich, you have picked the wrong profession, my friend. Nobody's going to pay you any kind of money that is going to make you feel rich what so fucking ever as an auto mechanic you might you might if you're good at it and you work for somebody who's smart and pays you well 
You might enjoy a semi-comfortable life, but you are not going to enjoy the kind of life that a greedy person would want to enjoy. So greedy mechanics, I think the two are mutually exclusive from each other, okay? If you're greedy and you're a mechanic, you are a failure as someone who is greedy, and you might even be a failure as a mechanic. Now, greedy mechanics will exaggerate. Okay, sure. Why not? Why wouldn't we exaggerate? You know, people ask me all the time, you know, I'll see them, they go, they go oh, yeah, I have uh, bent rims or I bent a tie rod under something. Well, how did that happen? Excuse me? Are you exaggerating? You don't know how this happened? You didn't hear the, the loud thud when you fucking hit whatever it was you hit that bent that fucking thing? You're, you're kidding me. You didn't hear that? Were you asleep at the fucking wheel? Was your car stolen? Do you have teenage children at home? What the fuck? Talk about exaggeration. I'm going to exaggerate how serious a problem is. I might exaggerate about how serious a problem could become if I don't do maintenance or if I don't make a repair now. Um, the famous story is the water pump story. The whole, I wasn't home yet syndrome. I've seen that a million fucking times. People are driving along. The temperature gauge goes to full hot. The fucking hot light flashes at them or they get a warning. Car's overheating. What do they do? Engine's still running. Fuck it. Keep going. Fuck it. I'm not home yet. Yeah. We're going to exaggerate to you about having to change your water pump in that particular situation. But you kept fucking driving it. And now the cylinder head looks like a fucking potato chip. It's all fucking curved up in the middle like a Pringles. So yeah, I'm I'm going to exaggerate what's going on there. Okay. But that's to try to get my point across. Now, am I a greedy mechanic? I'm a mechanic. I'm not really greedy. I like to exaggerate, but only to try to get my point across. Am I going to exaggerate how serious a problem is in order to get you to make a repair? If I have to, if it keeps you from fucking your shit up even worse, I might. Uh, but then it goes on to say, even if it doesn't really have to be fixed right away. Well, okay. You want to take a problem like a water pump with a bad bearing that's making noise or maybe it's leaking and you want to not fix it right away. I'm going to give you some phone numbers for a tow truck company because you're going to fucking need them. So of course, you want to just keep driving it until it completely fucking stops. Then you'll need the tow truck. Oh, here they go on to list an example. You may have a power steering pump, for example, that has started making a minor amount of noise. Now, what's a minor amount of noise from a power steering pump? Okay, power steering pumps are either silent and working or noisy and going to fuck up. I don't think that there's really any in between. So making a minor amount of noise, making a minor amount of noise is a precursor to making a fucking major amount of noise. Now, do I want to exaggerate about that? I don't give a fuck if I change somebody's power steering pump. Fuck them. I got one of them right now. Guy's power steering is all fucked up. I stuck a Q-tip in the bottom of the reservoir. There's metal, metal debris in there. Looks like stripper glitter. He's going to need the entire fucking system. But you know what? Because I was his mechanic, and I'm, I'd like to say I'm not greedy, and I'm not exaggerating either. I gave him an estimate for every single part in his power steering system. It's an estimate. I'm not exaggerating how much that estimate is. I'm not exaggerating about the fact that he needs it. I'm just saying, eh, you might feel like you don't need it now, but when your power steering completely fucking fails, then you'll you'll need it. And you'll know what it costs because I made you an estimate because I'm a mechanic. And I exaggerated about your problem in the beginning. But now, guess what? That exaggeration turned out to be fucking true. <laughs> oh, here's what it goes on to say. See, it's it, this is it's as if I wrote this part of the article. It says, unfortunately, some honest mechanics will exaggerate a legitimate problem in order to convince a skeptical owner that the problem really does exist. 
Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing, okay? I'm not a lawyer of any kind. I'm not a DA. I'm not a private investigator. I'm not any of that shit, okay? If I tell you, and I'm, a car, I'm, an, I'm an auto mechanic and a car guy. They're not really the same exact thing because there's car guys out there who don't know their asshole from a water pump. But if I tell you something is not working right and it's going to go bad, you can brush me off like a, like a thousand people already have and a thousand more people will. But when it fucks up, you're not going to come to you and say, wow, you were right, Uncle Jimmy. My power steering went out. I was on the highway and I had to use Armstrong steering to steer my car to the side of the road because it was really, really hard to steer because my power steering failed. And now I need all of those parts that you listed for me on that estimate you made for me. Pick a time. Yesterday, last week, a month ago, last year, whatever. You might want to fix this now before it becomes a fucking problem. I guess what I'm trying to say is with that particular uh you need to fix this problem now before it becomes a bigger problem is whether or not you trust your mechanic. And if you have, like I said before, if you have a mechanic, you have an actual honest to God, legitimate person who is a mechanic who helps you look after your shit. I would think that you would believe what he says because a lot of us and I myself personally, I'm in this boat, not going to have anybody call us their personal mechanic unless they're our friends or our relatives. And I don't rip those people off because, well, it's just, yeah, I don't rip. <laughs> well, I would like to rip those people off, but uh, turn around and rip me off. <laughs> okay, as far as number five goes, you need to fix this now before it becomes a problem. Sure. I say it to people all the fucking time. It says here, this is the last sentence out of this. Even worse, a shady mechanic may point out a problem that doesn't exist. When in doubt, get a second opinion. I'm all for that whole. I'm all for that, getting a second opinion. People want to get a second opinion? fucking let them and if they want to come back to me and said oh the other mechanic said that what you said was wrong fine take your car to the other mechanic but i want you to fix my car they go well that shit's over okay you don't want to trust me when i tell you something and you trust some other fucking jackass opinion over mine i don't need you for a customer i don't need you for a friend i don't need you for a relative just get fucking lost okay number six look (laughs) this is what it says look at this (laughs) Many shops make a lot of money in routine maintenance as opposed to the larger jobs. Yeah, name one. Uh, That's not how it works, okay? Routine maintenance could pay the bills, but typically it's almost like a loss leader. This is why it's very important for us, not only for our customers, but for the people that we work for, at least if we work in a shop, that is, to look the car over to see if it needs anything else, okay? there's The the responsibility there is twofold because if if you bring a car into your shop and you're just doing routine maintenance to it, Chances are the shop and yourself personally aren't going to make a whole lot of money on that car doing the routine maintenance because you almost, I don't want to say you have to give it away, but there just isn't a, a real good profit margin on doing the routine maintenance. I don't know why people think there is. There typically isn't. Um, honestly, on, on a larger job, obviously, uh, there's way more margin for profit for the shop and there's way more ability for you to earn hours if that's how you work if you're salaried or if you're uh, paid hourly then obviously you're not really going to give a fuck how much it costs for somebody to do a larger job as a as opposed to routine maintenance because you're just going to get the same amount of money regardless of what you're doing but if you're flat rate on a larger job you definitely have the ability to earn a lot of money especially if it's a job you've done many times and you can 
you can get it done. You can beat the time. We all know, we pretty much all of us know what I'm talking about there. Okay. But many shops make a lot of money in routine maintenance. Nah, it's just, it's just, it's just not true. These services include fluid and filter changes. If you follow your vehicle's maintenance schedule, you should be fine. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, although honestly, some of them are a little bit too long because they are the ones who have to pay for the vehicle's maintenance in the beginning when it's under warranty. Once it falls out of a maintenance warranty, then, you know, should you keep up the, the regular maintenance schedule that the manufacturer recommended? Fuck no. <laughs> but if your mechanic is trying to show you how dirty your fluids or filters have become in an effort to get you to agree to an early service, it may be time to move on. Well, yeah, I, I you know what? I'll, I'll agree with that situation, okay? Because if I'm sitting in a waiting lounge somewhere and some gangster technician comes up to me and starts sticking dirty oil in my fucking face, I'm going to say, listen, put my car back down on the fucking ground. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I don't want people sticking that dirty shit in my face, okay? That happened to me one fucking time. Uh, this is no shit. I was working for some company and we had a company truck and they said, take it over to this quick lube oil change place and get the oil change. I'm like, whatever. So I drove over there and they, they do this thing with the pit. And I don't even remember the name of it. I mean, there's so fucking many of these things, you know, there's so many of these things and they're out there just fucking your shit up. Really, in most cases, draining a transmission and double filling the engine oil. It's like, no, uh, you know, so I go to this place. And it's a big ass work truck, and they they have to kick the hood open to get the cap off, and, and and you know get the oil cap off and stuff. And then I'm I'm you know it's early in the morning. I'm getting this thing done before I make a run and drop off some shit with this truck. And the next thing I'm just close my eyes because these guys are doing their bit, and I'm sitting there going, oh, I should have just fucking called in sick or whatever. And the next thing I know, I open my eyes, and this guy has this air filter, and he's shoving it right into my fucking face. And I just look over at him, and I said. You put that fucking thing back in my fucking air cleaner before I come out and I rip your fucking head off and shit down your neck. It's like, seriously, don't fucking, don't fuck with me with that shit. I'm a fucking car guy. I can change an air filter. This is one of the old vehicles too with a, you know, there's a fucking wing nut and you had loosen that and you pull the top off and the filters right in there. It's like, get the fuck out of here. I'm not going to pay $29.99 for a filter I can buy at the fucking auto parts store for six bucks. You fucking whack job. Man, you go back to McDonald's, jackass. And I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of fucking going up to somebody and sticking shit in their face. Now, uh, we have the new 21st century version of that with the videos, but people seem to like the videos because they don't, you know, I don't, I don't know um, what the main attraction is for the videos, to be honest with you. I, for me, I do a lot of them. I, I'm pretty diligent about doing them. I like to show people what's right with their car. I don't think anybody really wants to see a video where somebody just shows them what the fuck is wrong with their car. I mean, for Christ's sakes, if you if you pointed out everything that was wrong with every car, after a while, people would just go, you know what? I don't even want that fucking car anymore. Fuck it. Just keep it. I'm going to walk home. You know, it's like, seriously, you know, and especially if you're at like a dealership and they want you to do videos, these are people who bought this car from you. You don't want them to feel bad about buying a car from you because you want them to buy more cars from you. So you have more work to do in the future. Okay. If you, if you chase off your customers with these draconian, you know, fucking Frankenstein style fucking videos where you point out absolutely everything that's wrong with their fucking car, they're going to fucking trade the fucking thing in and go get some other brand of car, you know, 
where the mechanic goes, "Hey, your car's okay. There's nothing wrong." You know, I think it's I think it's important to show people what's wrong with their car because they're not going to believe you if they don't fucking see it. Okay, pictures worth a thousand words. We've all heard that shit before. But uh, as far as look at this, I think if you if you know what you're looking for uh, as a customer, anyway. You might want to see it, you know. I've drained oil in cars that have literally less than a 1,000 miles on them, but it's been over a year, and we recommend usually changing the oil every year, regardless of how many miles you have in the car. And I've seen oil come out that looks crystal fucking clear. I mean, you can almost eat it. It's so it's so clean, you know, and filters that look like they're just barely used. I mean, it kind of it kind of makes me feel bad, really, a little bit. You know, it's like, oh shit, this stuff didn't even really hardly get used. You know, I mean, somebody somebody else who doesn't like to change your oil could fucking take your oil and put it in their car, and their car would run better, probably. I mean, it's that it's that kind of a deal, you know. So look at this. I don't know. I don't want people sticking shit in my face. Please don't stick your dirty car part. Don't stick my, especially don't stick my dirty car parts in my face. Uh, and I don't really see anybody getting in a position to do that anyway, but the, uh, don't do that. And if you work at one of these Jiffy Lube places, one of these quick lube places, one of these Valvoline instant oil change or whatever, it's like, look, just tell people, say, hey, you know what? Your air filter doesn't look so good. Would you like to, for me to give you a price on it? You'll find that they'll say, ah, how much is it? You know, and you, you know, it's, it's $49. We'll put it in for free. And it's like, wow, that sounds like a lot. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of dirty though. It's up to you if you want to do it. If you, if you don't, know, and I, and then believe it or not, just to go off on a small tangent here, if you don't mind, I know Eric, I'm running late and then you got to edit it, but I apologize. But one of the things I find is, see, uh, personally, I don't really enjoy doing breaks. I don't enjoy that at all. It gets me so fucking dirty. I can't stand it. I can't even like rub my nose. I have like a, a black shit all over my face from it. I just really don't like breaks. So if you were to bring your car to me, and I called you up and said, yeah, you need brakes. I can assure you that you need brakes, okay? Because I fucking hate brakes so much that if I tell you you need brakes, you fucking need brakes because I don't want to do them. And if you say, oh, go ahead and do them, I'm like, fuck, I'd rather not. But then I go ahead and do them anyway, and then I have to throw my gloves away. I have to wash my face and my hands, and I have to blow my nose and clean off all my tools and sweep the floor and clean the... Li- I mean, really, literally, the the, <laughs> the the breaks that I have to do get so fucking dirty. I mean, I could literally go to the beach for eight hours and build sandcastles all day, and I would get less dirty than I would doing a fucking one axle brake job on one of the cars that i work on they're just so fucking dirty it's unbelievable so as far as look at this goes if you need something and i tell you you need something you fucking need it okay don't you know it's not necessary and and for a lot of mechanics some shady mechanics may even show you dirty fluids or filters from another vehicle yeah whatever as far as that goes if you got to do that then you really just need to get the fuck out of the business you know, I mean, if you've got to, if you've got to scratch out an existence doing criminal shit like that, find some other existence, okay? Find something else to do. Find some other people to rip off, okay? We don't need that. We don't need that shit in this business, okay? We just don't need it. We've had enough of it. There's there's too much of it going on. We need. We, there's just too much honest work out there to, to be pulling bullshit like that. Okay, let's just not do it. But as far as getting people to buy things that they need for their car, showing them what they need for their car in a video is the best thing you can do. 
taking it off and shoving it in their fucking, putting it right in their cocksucker. Yeah, that's not, that's not the way to go, okay? Uh, number seven is, that didn't happen here. Accidents happen from tiny scratches to large dents. Believe me, I've damaged a few cars in my day. You usually just own up and say, oh, fuck, I did this. And then they get it fixed. I mean, yeah, there's some, there's some expense to it. There's cost to it, and you have to be contrite. You have to, oh, I'm sorry, and all that shit. You really do, though. You have to be sorry. You have to really, I honestly work really, really hard not to damage the vehicles I work on because I am a, I'll, I'll fucking freely admit it to you, boys and girls. I'm a terrible driver. If I offer to drive you somewhere, you should just say, you know, you know, it's a nice night for a walk, really, because I'm terrible. Most human beings, especially American human beings, will not tell you that they are terrible drivers when they are. I am probably one of the few that will actually tell you that you're a terrible driver. I, I experienced this in fucking driver's ed class I was in one time. They asked all these people who are adults how well they drive. Rate yourself on a scale from 1 to 100. And I said, you know, drive like, I gave myself a 70. I'm like, a 70, you know? I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I'm not that great at it, you know? I mean, I could be better. I could definitely stand to be better at it. All the other people, and it was like fucking 10 people there. All the other people in there had themselves ranked in the high 90s. And when I saw these, I just started laughing. And the and the, uh, the instructor we had said, what are you laughing at? I said, these people all suck at driving. They just don't know it. And he said, well, what would you rate yourself at? And I go, 70. He goes, oh, sure, you're not a very good driver. I said, fuck no. He goes, what do you do wrong? I said, I'm a tailgater, okay? Number one, I'm a fucking tailgater. Oh, my God. And in Texas, you don't tailgate people here. They hate that. And they're armed, so don't tailgate them. They fucking, they'll shoot at you. Um, down here, if you're within a car length, you're tailgating, okay? Where I'm from, if you're within half a car length, you're tailgating. Myself, personally, when I tailgate, I just tell people, say, listen, turn around and introduce yourself. I'll be that fucking close, seriously. But what I'm trying to tell you is go faster or get the fuck out of the way. That's all that says. I mean, when you look in your fucking rearview mirror and all you see is a, a fucking golden Chevy bow tie in the grill of my truck, it means get the fuck out of my way. I have places to go and I don't want to get there at your fucking pace. Okay, speed it up. So uh, consequently, uh, being a terrible driver like I am, I have hit things. Uh, I used to hit things on a real regular fucking basis. Holy shit. The only uh, the only component that was the same between all of the instance, incidences that I used to have was that it was always somebody else's car. But, <laughs> but now I don't drive other people's cars uh, except for when I'm at work. And so I have to try to be very, very careful because, well, I will hit things if you let me. I will hit things. Um, if you damage something, really, the best thing for you to do is to always own up. You need to come clean about it and get it fixed and move on and learn from that. Don't do what you did. And here's the thing, okay? Let's say let's say you're backing up and you nick a car and you put a little scratch in a car and you're like, shit, I put it. You go and you tell your service manager or your owner, say, listen, I just did I just was backing up and I caught this this thing and it scratched this car right here. What that says to him is, okay, you're a jackass, you don't know how to drive, but at least you came and you told me so I could get it fixed before the customer shows up. Or at least I can tell him, say, listen, I gotta you gotta have I gotta have that fixed. Or you need to go get it fixed and I'll pay for it. Whatever they do to take care of it. Uh, a lot of shops and shop owners have uh, what they call garage keepers insurance just for that very thing, okay? And here's the other thing too. Let's say you routinely, well, I don't want to say routinely, but let's say you, you own up to damage that you've caused to a car maybe once a year, maybe once every two years. And then, then 
Somehow or another, you damaged the car, but it really wasn't that bad. It wasn't that big a deal. And you just said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to own up to that. Fuck that. They're not even going to see that. And then on the off chance that they do see it, they go, what happened to my car here? You go, oh, I don't know. It wasn't like that before. No. Oh, I don't know what happened. And they know, they at least you would like to think that they know you're not lying because you've told them the truth before that you did damage your car. Why would you tell them the truth then and lie about it now? So you kind of you kind of buy yourself a free pass by not having a free pass every once in a while. And maybe that's not good advice. Maybe that should just end up on the cutting room floor at all. Seriously, if you do, if you have damage that you've created to a car, you need to correct that. That's on you if you did it. If you didn't do it, that's a whole nother ball of wax. One of the things that I find, and we haven't ripped up service advisors in a long time, but one of the things that they need to do when they bring a car into the shop or they potentially are going to bring a car into the shop, they need to do a walk around. Now, how many, how many fucking places have you worked where the service advisor actually got out of his fucking chair and did a walk around on a car and said, oh, there's a big scratch on the driver's side. Oh, really? Only to have them come back later and go, oh, that wasn't there before. Yeah, well, it actually was because I saw it, jackass. Nice fucking try. And if you don't think that that happens, that happens a hell of a lot. It happens a lot. It happens a real lot. Dealers and shops pay for damage that they didn't even do to a car all the fucking time. Number eight, it's complicated. If somebody tells you that something is too complicated to understand, run away. Well, no, don't run away. That would be the dumb fucking thing to do. If someone tells you that something is too complicated to understand, what you do is you hit them with this, well, can you fucking, you know, can you broad stroke it for me? You know, <laughs> can you can you just tell me, can you break it down into a small component that I can understand? Or should I just run away? I mean, no. If it's complicated, if I say to somebody, they say, oh, you know, all the clutches in your transmission are smoked. What do you mean smoked? They're burnt. You know, like when something gets smoked, it gets burned. Yeah, your clutches are burned. Oh, now is that too um, is that too complicated for anybody to understand? I don't think so. I think a lot of people can understand that without too much trouble. Okay. It says here, some shady mechanics know that you know absolutely nothing about your car and prey on it. Oh, shady mechanics prey on people. Oh, well, okay. If you want to believe that, that's fine. Maybe there are some mechanics who, who prey on people who don't know anything about cars, but uh, I, I would hope that that's few and far between. It's not necessary to do that. If somebody doesn't understand something or you don't think they're going to understand something to them, talking down to them or, or treating them poorly or or treating them as if they're stupid is never going to help your situation if you're trying to rip them off. You know, I think the, the better thing to do is to fucking smash them over the head with the knowledge that they don't have, you know? I mean, you could explain to them and say, well, you have you have clutches in your transmission and they're, uh, you know, uh, there's clutches and then there's steels and then they're coated in transmission fluid and da 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 da, da. You go on and on and on about how it works. And you, you can watch them glaze over and go, oh, I didn't get any of that, but I'll nod my head like I did. And then you go, well, here, here's what you got to do to make it work right. Okay, great. And then, honestly, if you're trying to fuck them over, you just replace the whole transmission and say, there, it should be good now, right? Because even if you have the tiny, even if you have the tiniest little problem, I mean this honestly, and this is ridiculous, and I don't condone this in any way, but let me just say this to you, okay? Let's say you tell somebody they need a transmission, when all they really need is like a pan gasket 
or some leak repaired. And you come out and you tell them, oh, your transmission's had it. And they go, oh, what's wrong with it? Well, you know, you could certainly bash them over the head with a bunch of fucking technical jargon and a bunch of mumbo jumbo and maybe get them to buy a transmission when all they really needed to do is have the, the gasket on the pan replaced. And guess what? Despite what you told them, despite what they thought, despite everything, when you got done putting a new transmission in that car, you actually did fix the fucking problem. You did. You fixed it. It doesn't leak anymore, right? At least I hope it doesn't leak anymore. Uh, that's a terrible. That's a terrible thought, really. But it, it does happen. I, I've seen people, and I've seen people do it by accident. I've seen people do it by accident. Here's a, a, a little story from my past. There was a fault that we used to have in some of the cars that we used to have. We haven't. I haven't seen one in a long time. It was set a specific fault. Had something to do with uh, low line pressure, and it was because a small four and a half dollar gasket got all messed up i'll say messed up i mean it just it just it was misshapen okay it became uh became mutilated and that gasket needed to be replaced it was four dollars and fifty cents it was like something like three hours of labor so it wasn't really cheap the part was cheap the labor wasn't cheap but the guy i used to work with whenever he saw this fault he would just quote a transmission no i never did that i didn't do that i mean i know i knew what that fault was for it was very specific the fix was very specific, but to this guy, he didn't want to do all that shit. He wanted to just throw a new training in it, call it done. And so probably on about three or four cars at the very least, he did that exact thing, put a new transmission in it at the cost to the customer. And he did it because he was ignorant. He wasn't a thief, really, although technically, yes, he was, but he was just he was just ignorant, ignorant of the fact that he didn't have to do that to fix the problem. And maybe he just didn't want to do the other fix, or maybe he didn't think that when we told him that that's all you have to do, that, that we were right, you know, because that's something that mechanics do. They don't believe anything anybody tells them. Uh, myself, personally, I'm the other way around. If somebody tells me something, I'm, I'm like, I'll look into it. You know, I mean, I'm not going to replace a, an engine because a hose came off. You know, I'll put the fucking hose back on. If somebody says, oh, you got to check this before you do that, I'll certainly do that. Don't tell people it's complicated. It's really not. Yeah, sure, it can be complicated. I mean, try to explain to a five-year-old how an engine works. It's complicated to them. But an adult human being, you know, you can you could use language and, and terms that they'll understand, and they don't have to understand the whole fucking thing. They just have to understand what doesn't work. Okay, saying it's complicated it's like saying it. I mean, I think it's Latin for uh, you're fucking stupid. So you don't want to do that. Let's, let's stay away from that. Number nine, this part slash repair costs more than we thought it would. Well, it fucking happens. Got a car right now, right now that I'm working on. I'm replacing the valve cover gaskets. I go to take off the crankcase vent hoses. It has this fucking spider looking thing that it uses for crankcase venting. And it was brittle from being heated up so much and really honestly just looking at it cross-eyed it fucking broke into about 40 pieces it was terrible so i gotta replace it i gotta replace it and so that repair is going to cost that guy more although to be quite honest with you i think that the advisor on the job is probably just gonna get the shop to pay for it i don't know what he's gonna do i i broke it i told him how much it was 
I told him I needed it. I can't finish fixing the car until I get it. It happens. So if the repair costs more than we thought, if it's time to pay and the costs go up significantly, or if they go up at all, really, something may be wrong. Well, look, here's the thing, okay? If you have uh, contacted a shop to do some repair work for you and they gave you an estimate, and then the estimate's higher when you go to pay for it, you need to stop for a second before you hand them the credit card and go, yo, homeboy, what the fuck happened here? Why is it $50, $100, $300, $1,000 more than what we agreed on? Um, If they're trying to fuck you over, that's one thing. If they had to replace some stuff that got broken, that's a whole nother thing. If they didn't tell you about it, they can't fucking do it, okay? They can't fucking do it. And right here in this particular article, they have a link to the North Carolina Attorney General's office because this is not something that you do if you're a legitimate shop, you don't. You just don't do it. You know, if you call up somebody and say, you know, remember we we talked about doing these valve cover gaskets on your car, and you go, um, yeah, you're gonna charge me like a thousand fucking dollars. You go, well, I gotta charge you twelve hundred dollars because there's a hose, there's a there's a, a hose assembly in there that was broken, and we need to replace. Did you break it? I go, well, no, we didn't break it. I'm I'm sure you're not gonna believe that, but that's that's fine. But uh, we need to replace that in order to complete the repair properly. Okay, now if you want us to just slap it back on all effed up, we certainly can. But I'm, it's going to cost you a little bit more just because on cars, the first rule of cars is the cars break. And then rule number two is that there's nothing you can do about cars breaking. Nothing anybody can do. Cars break, and especially when you're, you're fucking with them with screwdrivers and wrenches and ratchets and other assorted shit that sometimes creates collateral damage. And through no fault of your own, I mean... This particular hose assembly I was talking about a, a little earlier, it came apart. I hadn't even really touched it yet. I mean, I moved one part that to get it out of the way, and this thing just f- disintegrated right, literally on the spot. It was terrible. It happens, but if you're not, if you yourself personally are the mechanic dealing with the customer, you're definitely going to want to call them up beforehand. Just say, "Look, uh, in the process of the repair, I found another broken part." Um, it would be best to replace that right now or else it's not going to drive right or it's not going to run right or this is going to happen or that's going to happen. So I'm not trying to fuck you over. I'm just telling you that you need this also. I missed it initially. I wasn't looking right at it initially. So um, you just have to have, if you know, it, and this is the thing really, what it comes down to as far as this particular article goes here. They're trying to rip on the mechanic. They're trying to say that, that we're a bunch of fucking slimy, slithery fucking thieving cocksuckers it's just not true sure there's some of us out there that are like that but for the most part when you uh experience these problems as a consumer any of these problems that i listed here you're typically not talking to the mechanic anyway now the people you talk to may blame the mechanic that certainly happens we talked about that before when we were talking about the bus and I tell people all the time, I say, if you want, you throw me under the bus. I don't give a fuck. I got a basement apartment down there. I'm used to having people blame shit on me. It it, it started literally with my conception. We talked about that. <laughs> I unfortunately talked about that before. Uh, it was an accident like a lot of you. And uh, there was alcohol involved. So <laughs> that would explain a hell of a lot, wouldn't it? That's right. That's why your Uncle Jimmy is a fucking outrageous piece of shit blaming on old granddad and southern comfort uh anyway moving on here uh look if you have a personal relationship with the customer i'm pretty sure that if you tell them that something broke you just say look i was doing this and that broke 
I need to replace that as well. Typically, if you personally have a customer and you personally are working on their vehicle and you personally deal with them, you are probably charging them a hell of a lot less than some of the other fucking repair shops in town. And so they typically are really fucking happy that you're saving them an ass load of money on labor. Because I mean, how many of you, how many of you out there are charging even 50% of your shop's labor rate if you do side work at home? You're not even doing that. You work at, you work at a shop that charges $150 an hour. Do you charge your friends 75 bucks an hour to fix their shit in your shop at home? Fuck no, you don't. You might charge them 50 bucks. You might charge them a case of Coors. Who knows what you charge them? You might do, you might do what I used to do all the time. I just say, fuck, I'll work for food. Seriously, I used to make people feed me. If I did something to your car, you better fucking show up with a fucking pizza. You know, <laughs> better get some fucking chicken wings or some Chinese food or something because that's what it's going to cost you. <laughs> I don't like to fuck people over. That's not my bit. I know that's not your bit either. And this is why I'm taking real umbrage with this entire article. It's like they're painting us like we're fucking the biggest criminals ever. Like we, we rob Brinks trucks and fuck people on their fucking car repairs and i mean these people have such a terrible opinion of us and they're they're perpetuating this terrible opinion of us they're perpetuating this myth that we're all a bunch of fucking thieving cocksuckers by writing this bullshit article and it's obviously written by somebody who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about and obviously they know that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about because they didn't even fucking sign it there's no author here it doesn't list who the fuck wrote it here's number 10 seriously that part or that repair costs more uh, if, if your shop does that, they need to figure out what they're going to do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. If you're working with somebody personally, you have to have some kind of relationship with them where you can say to them, Hey, you know, uh, you know, we were trying to do this and this happened, you know, maybe I have one laying around. Who even knows? Uh, if you've seen my garage, you know, I probably do have one laying around. Let's move on to number 10 here. We had to use a different brand, but it's just as good. Now, uh, what it says here is that some shady mechanics will quote you the price for for a part only to install a cheaper generic part in its place. Some shady mechanics. Well, I think honestly one of the things you can do to try to uh, alleviate a problem like that, I don't know as if it's a real problem. Typically, any part you can get for your car has some type of warranty, even if it's an aftermarket part. Say the OEM part either isn't available or wasn't available or broke or it was bad or there was some reason why you couldn't get your hands on it. Who who knew that that could happen? Some of you guys having problems getting parts like we are? Fuck. This whole COVID thing really threw a monkey wrench in our business big fucking time. Uh, it, a lot of the times aftermarket parts can be as good. Sometimes they're not. Uh, you, you'll, you as a mechanic are going to have to kind of find your way through the maze. Um, if you use Rock Auto like I do, sometimes when you look up a part, you will literally see upwards of 20 and 25 different options for a part that you need. It is not, it is, I'm absolutely completely serious about that, okay? Now, if you're working on somebody else's car, typically, you don't want them to call you up at 4.30 in the morning and saying that that part that you installed failed on them. I don't want that call. I'm sure you don't want that call. So if you're going to work on somebody's car, and this is just a piece of advice from your Uncle Jimmy. This doesn't really have anything to do with this. But if you have somebody else's car you're going to be working on 
and you have to put together an estimate for them, always try to get a very high quality part. Okay. Typically, I like to look at the warranties available. Some some of these manufacturers will stand behind their shit for life. Some of these aftermarket, I have personally uh, warrantied uh, several parts uh, through Rock Auto that had a lifetime warranty. It's not that difficult to do. And if you buy those parts and you still have that car and that part fucks up, they will stand behind it. And in you as the mechanic, you should stand behind it as well. You may not get reimbursed for your labor. That typically doesn't happen. It's very rare when it does. It has happened. I've seen it happen, but it's very, very rare when it does happen. If you're the mechanic, okay, and you did this for somebody you have a relationship with, and they call you up and say, hey, that water pump is leaking again. You can be like, okay, let me go back and check the receipt. You check the receipt, wherever you got it from, whether it was from a dealer or aftermarket you can go back and see if they had some kind of warranty. And if they didn't, well, then that's on you. So you should pretty much always quote a quality, quality part. If you go just for price, you know, and sometimes you either have to or the customer wants you to, just let them know and say, you know, uh, cheap parts are cheap parts sometimes. So, And they'll tell you the same bullshit every time. I'm just going to trade it in or I'm going to sell it. And then three years later, they're still driving a fucking thing. That happens all the fucking time. Here again, they listed the Attorney General of North Carolina's. Uh, there's a link here actually for it, which is pretty cool. Because obviously, uh, if somebody's reading this, maybe they got fucked over by a mechanic. Um, more than likely, they got fucked over by a shop. Here's what it says. If the part that was installed is different from the one you authorized or if the mechanic tells you that a different part had to be used but does not credit you any cost difference, red flags should go up. Where? Where do these red flags go up? Uh, even worse, if you have a part replaced and it's clear that no repair was made. Now, see, that's wrong. There's definitely a problem. Yeah, uh, and I have seen that where people just beg off on doing a repair. They quoted then they sold and they just didn't do it. Uh, that's that's no bueno. Let's let's try to get away from that. That's what and when that shit happens, boys and girls, that ruins all of our reputations. That's why, that's why we have websites like this where they tell everyone that we're trying to fuck them over, and we're trying to you know fucking get our hands in their fucking pocket and take their wallet. That's why. Because there are some people that are doing it, and we need to chastise those people and try to get them out of the business and and turn them in everywhere we go and and make make turn these people into either honest mechanics or former employees. That's all we can do. All right, number eleven. You have to bring the car here for service. Well, we all know that's not true. You do not have to take your car, and this goes for uh, collision shops as well, and it goes for uh, manufacturers' warranty. It also goes for aftermarket warranties. You do not have, no one can tell you where to take your car for service. They can certainly suggest, they can certainly recommend, but they cannot tell you that you have to go here. That shit does not fucking happen out there. The laws are really fucking clear. They're very clear. If you go to a collision shop tomorrow or you go buy one, it will say on their wall, because this was a big problem with them for a while. Remember back in the 80s and the, in the 70s and the 80s, insurance companies were telling people where they had to get their car fixed because they had a relationship with a certain shop and they get a discount on a labor rate and they send them all their work. And, and it was it was not good. It was not a good thing. It's coercion. And it's, it's you're not supposed to do that. You can't do that. And it's against the law. If somebody tries to tell you where to take your car to get it fixed, you just give them the finger that's dead center in your hand. And tell them, I'll get my car fixed wherever I want, jackass. You're paying the bill. 
And they may not like it, and they may raise your rates, but you know what? Fuck them. Fuck them. Got to tell you, one of the things I hate the most in this fucking world is insurance companies because they take your money and they don't give you shit. And then when you need them, that's when they give you shit. Okay. I don't like them. I don't like them. And if I become a senator someday, I'm going to fucking try to put the kibosh on it. I don't suspect that I'll be uh, successful. Um, Yeah. Nobody can tell you where to get your car worked on. Uh, There's specific laws. Uh, one of them that I'm familiar with from my auto parts days was it called the, and this is the God's honest name for it, the Moss Magnuson Act that Congress enacted in 1966. What it said was that if a manufacturer tells you that you have to use their particular filters and other uh, routine maintenance components in order to maintain the manufacturer's warranty, then they need to provide those fluids and those filters and those other maintenance items they have to provide those for free they have to can't do it if they tell you you have to use their filters they're going to have to provide them for free especially if they tell you that you need to use those filters to maintain the warranty now let me just tell you there's another side to that coin okay because you got heads and you got tails the other side of the coin is that with the vehicles that i work on the brand that i work with they have very good very good OEM filters. They're made by a specific manufacturer. That manufacturer also manufactures aftermarket warranty replacement filters, which are identical to the OEM. They're identical. They're made in the same factory by the same people. They're just put in a different colored box. They're labeled different and they're sold for much less. And you could certainly use them if you seek them out. Okay. But I have also seen other Filter companies make filters for the brand that I work for whose quality is shit, basically. Let's just say that, okay? They're shit. So is the manufacturer going to tell you that you have to use their filters? Nope, they're not going to do that because they don't have to provide them for free. But should you? Yes, you should. Okay, now regardless of what the law says, you're doing yourself a favor by using the OEM manufacturer's parts for your maintenance and if you can find it and it's available you should get the same brand possibly relabeled for your oem but you should get the same brand for your vehicle i'm talking mainly about oil filters they uh the brand that i work for makes their has a company that makes their filters for them you can certainly buy them under that particular manufacturer's uh name in their packaging not the oem packaging but there's other companies that make filters for these cars and they're just shit they're shit they're no fucking good, and they've caused many problems. And that's that's one of the problems that we have as mechanics, too, as well, is when the parts are shit, they're not going to blame the parts. They're going to blame us. Hey, why'd you put that part in my car? Why did you bring your Toyota to an Audi dealer, asshole? You know, that's one of the fucking problems that people have is they go wherever they go. You know, you, you go to Jiffy Lube or Valvoline Instant Oil Change or one of those kind of places, and they have a filter that fits your car, but it's made in fucking north korea how fucking good is that thing gonna be it's not gonna be honestly the the best place to bring your car for maintenance and for service is almost always going to be the dealer and you know what that was really kind of hard for me to say that because i'd like to think that you guys could fix the cars at your house better than they fix them at a dealer because you're going to you're going to take better care of a car that you're personally responsible for when you work at a dealer kind of not really actually personally responsible for that car the company is 
You're just part of the company, but that's how it works. If you if you are a, a mechanic or even a master mechanic for a certain brand, you're certainly able to do that work, regardless of whether you're at work, which is a dealership, or at home. Hello. What a concept, huh? Bringing your car back to, back here for service, yeah, that's a good idea, but it's against the law to say that you have to do that. How about that shit, huh? Never mind the First Amendment. Number 12, it will take us at least a week. Well, it depends on what the fuck you're talking about. It says right here, and obviously this is written by someone who is not a fucking mechanic. Most repairs can be finished in a matter of hours if the parts, supplies, and the mechanic are all available. Most repairs. No. Some repairs can be finished in a matter of hours. Some repairs can be finished in a matter of minutes. But no repairs can be finished if I don't fucking feel like it. And if you fucking drive me wild, bugging me when it's going to be done, I'm going to put it off even farther. Don't do that. Don't piss off your mechanic. If you have a personal mechanic and you call him 10 times a day, is my car done? Is my car done? Is my car done? Is my car done? They may just push a half-finished car out into the driveway and say, come and get the fucking thing. Oh, is it done? No, it's not done. And it's not going to get done. I'm going to change my phone number and I'm going to forget I know you. And you're going to take your fucking car and you're going to take it somewhere else where they can finish doing what I started. And you can call them up fucking 12, 15, 18 times a day. Is my car done? Is my car done? Is my car done? You got to understand that mechanics, um, and, and I think that you guys understand this, obviously, because you're, you're, you're listening to me and you understand and speak and read and write English. We can be kind of fucking touchy sometimes. So it will take us at least a week. Well, yeah. An oil change could take at least a week. I mean, what the fuck? I could, I could pull the drain plug out on a Monday. And I could finish that fucking oil change up at Friday five five oh five if I want. I could take as long as I want. I might have had to do other things in the meantime. I might have been sick. I might not have had the parts. I might have said fuck that car. A whole bunch of different things that could happen. It will take us at least a week. You should seriously, honestly, as a consumer, if you bring us a car and it has a problem that isn't something to do with regular maintenance. Maybe you need a water pump. Maybe you need a transmission. Maybe you need brakes, a caliper. Maybe you need an exhaust, a catalytic converter, an O2 sensor. All of those things, we can make them take a week if we want. Where are the guys fixing them? Do you really want to piss us off? Because we can make it take two fucking weeks. We can. I know I can. I've got fucking half broken shit in my garage now. It's been like that for fucking 20 motherfucking years. Good thing it's my stuff, because if it was a customer, they'd be dead by now, probably. And it goes on to say, the exception might be for complicated repairs that involve rebuilding or reconditioning a component. A transmission rebuild, not a replacement, might take four days or longer. Uh, okay. Well, I know guys who rebuild transmissions. It doesn't take them that long at all. But if you brought your car to somebody and they said they had to rebuild the transmission and they took two weeks, you'd be like, okay, so it takes two weeks to rebuild the transmission. You would have to accept that because you don't fucking know for sure. He might have had it done for for a week and a half, and they decided to make you wait. Maybe they don't like you, or maybe they do like you. Maybe they like hearing the sound of your voice, calling them up every day saying, is my card on yet? Is my card on yet? Is my card on yet? Uh, you got to understand something here, okay? You, as a consumer, as a person who owns a car and that car is broken, are not the only motherfucker on this planet. You're not the only fucking person. There are other cars. There are other people. They need repairs too. Our thing is at our dealership, if you're in a loaner car, you get moved down in priority. The priority to fix your car is not that high. 
If you're there and you're waiting and your ass is warming up a seat in our waiting lounge, yeah, we're going to fix your car pretty quickly if we can. We're going to we're going to have a little heightened sense of uh of time, a little bit more intense on a waiter. Okay? So will it take us at least a week? Yeah, it certainly could. It certainly could. And you know what? For here's the other fi- side of that coin as well, too, boys and girls. As a mechanic, as a technician, if that fucking guy drops his car off and he gets a loaner car and you say it's going to take a week, do you think that that guy's going to give a shit? Fuck no, he's in a car that's better than the one he he dropped off. <laughs> Take my car and keep it for two weeks. I don't give a fuck as long as you let me use your car. <laughs> that's why loaner cars are so great and so horrible also at the same time. Because sometimes you get people drop off a car and they get a loaner car and they don't give a fuck if they ever get their car back. They'll keep that loaner for weeks and months and years if you let them. If you let them. It's a constant battle. It is literally a constant battle. Some of those people will just never return your calls. And then when they do, they'll be like, oh, yeah, go ahead and fix it. And Excuse me. Man, that's that's some good Dr. Pepper right there. It's tw- it's authentic blend of 23 flavors, by the way. Did you know that? Um, that there's some people who will just completely ghost the shit out of you, especially if you have their loaner car. So will it, it will take us at least a week. Well, it depends on what the fuck you're talking about. So it's a very nonspecific thing to say that. So stop fucking saying it, okay? Number 13, cheap tires will be fine. This is a, a prickly little point for me as a mechanic. Uh, cheap tires send a message to me. If you have cheap tires on your car, then you're a cheap prick. That's it. End of sentence, okay? If you have Chinese tires like the Mucho Macho or or Iron Man, uh, you know, seven-cord tires, whatever, the f- they just there's so fucking many of them with the stupidest fucking names. And they just scream, I'm a cheap cocksucker. That's what they scream. Cheap tires will be fine. I would never fucking say that. Never. Always buy the best tires you can because they will pay you back in A, how long they last, and B, how well they ride. Unless, of course, you like to ride along and hit curbs and shit. And and, and in that case, if you do that a lot, you might as well buy cheap tires because you're going to have to buy more cheap tires before they even fucking wear out, which they will. Uh, as far as tires go, there's there's an awful lot of technical information that goes along with buying tires. And it's very important to get the right tires. It's very important to get good tires. And you guys all know why. And I shouldn't have to explain it to you, but let me give you the, the quick, quick synopsis here. Tire is the only part of your car that touches the ground, folks. Got to keep the air pressure correct. And you should always use the proper tire for your car. Start fucking with the sizes. Speedo's going to work all fucking wrong. And guess what? Your dynamic stability control, your fucking traction control, and your and whatever else you have in your car that, that helps control the brakes and the steering and whether or not you slide through a stop sign or not, that, that all depends on if your tire sizes are fucking right and if your tire pressures are right, okay? So... Not only is cheap tires not good, not putting air in them is even worse. Now, I don't recommend cheap tires. I always try to recommend a specific brand. Uh, there's a few brands I trust. There's a few brands I don't fucking trust. Uh, there's certain, also, there's certain things that certain tires do that you can almost count on. Uh, if you talk to, you could talk to 10 people. Ten, you Let's say 10 people. Let's say you talk to 10 mechanics. Out of those 10 mechanics... There's going to be nine of them that have a preference for different brands of tires. Nine different brands of tires. Okay, does that mean that they all suck? No, they're all they're all going to be good for one thing or another. Probably the best tires out there. 
really without much of a doubt, is the Michelin tires. They are not manufactured the same way other tires are. They are injection molded, so there really is no seam. That's at least what I've been told. Whether or not that's actually true or not, I've never really researched that that much, to be honest with you. Uh, I would love to buy Michelins. Uh, I don't. They're expensive. They cost me a lot more than the tires I buy. And with the driving I do, they're going to wear out quick. So I don't want to do that. I usually buy a, a little a little cheaper of a tire, but I don't also go out and buy the tire that's so cheap that you have to eat the entire box of cereal to get them out of it. So cheap tires will be fine. Sure, cheap tires will be fine for a beater that's going to last you two months. Sure, if you need a tire, why not, right? They're out there. They exist. You'll see them on cars. You have seen them on cars. You're going to continue to see them on cars. People are cheap. People don't want to spend money on cars. You don't know that by now. Just ask your service advisor. Is it hard to get people to spend money on their car? They'll say, yes. Yes, it is. If there's a cheap version of something available, they will want that. If a mechanic tells you that cheap tires will be fine, then then really that that, that guy just needs to have the shit slapped out of him, okay? Uh, cheap tires may be fine for certain situations, but for the most part, you should always go with a quality tire. And that's really what they're trying to say here. Instead of cheap tires, they'll say inferior quality tires will be fine. And that's not true, okay? Number 14, to fix this, we have to replace that. Well... Okay, there are definitely situations where that is also true. What some people don't seem to understand is that uh, sometimes one part ruins another, or if you change one part, it's not going to work right until you change the other part. This happens all the time. One of the uh, one of the repairs that we always make, and we do, we always sell both parts, and they're completely separate from each other. One runs the other. And, and if we don't sell them both, we will get that vehicle back and we will need to replace the other one very shortly. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. And we would really like, honestly, for that to stop fucking happening. Uh, the, in our case, at least, and this has been going on for a little while now, we have fuel pump problems and we also have a little module that is a fuel pump module and we always replace them together. Because if we don't, then you're going to come back on the, on the back of a flatbed and need that other part for some reason or another. I don't have an explanation for it, but we are going to save you a tow bill and we're going to save ourselves the aggravation of you telling us we don't know how to fix anything, that we're worthless, okay? So we just, it, we just are going to do it. To fix this, we have to replace that. It does happen. You know, if you're going to, you're going to replace an oil pan gasket, you're going to have to put new oil in it. You certainly, well, you could certainly drain out the old oil and catch it and put it back in, but that's more work than it's worth. Um, there's also there's also a few other things that are like that. I don't have a huge list, but every every brand, every every manufacturer out there has some part that fails, and when you replace it, you need to replace either the control module or a gasket or the fluids or some other part that got damaged by it or may have gotten damaged by it or it's it, the potential is it got damaged. You know, if you're changing an accessory on an engine, you may want to change the belt. Holy shit. Really? So is that a valid point to fix this? We have to replace that as far as a problem goes? No, it's not valid. Okay, how about this one, number 15? It's common for this part to fail. Oh, we try to avoid saying that, okay? Because one of the things that goes on where I work, we're a car dealership. We've sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of brand new cars. 
And But yet, as a service shop, all we ever see are the fucking broken ones. Holy shit. Now, if you sell... If you sell hundreds of something and you see three of them with the same problem, you might say, well, it's common for that to fail. But is that really true? Let's say you had 500 cars, the same kind of cars. Maybe, you know, you could pick any kind of car you want, really. But you have sold 500 of them with the four-cylinder engine and the automatic transmission and such and such a tire. And the a part on that car went bad. And then three weeks later, the same part went bad on another car that was exactly the same kind of car. And then maybe a week later, uh, the same part failed on a whole nother car. Is it common? Would you say it's common? No, really what you probably should say is, well, we've seen it before. Is it common? Uh, Let me put it this way. We've had three cars out of 500. That's less than 1%. So no, it's not really common. Okay. But mechanics will say that. Oh, it's common for that part to fail. Uh, yeah, we, we've done three of them in like the last month or so. And, uh, and so we're going to replace it on your car because we don't want you to have to get towed in and need the same thing. That's just stupid. That's just, that's just fucking dumb. It's like not eating because you know you're going to have to take a shit later. It doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, if I don't eat, I'll never shit. Yeah, well, you'll die. And then, of course, you'll never shit again. And uh, maybe that would be a good thing if that's the way you think. Okay. Uh, is it common for parts to fail? It is common for cars to break. Uh, as far as parts failing, uh, yeah, it's going to appear to us as mechanics, especially if we have, you know, especially those of us that are at like new car dealers to see the same sort of things after a while. And maybe the parts, maybe the parts are prone to failure. There are shoddy parts out there that the OEM makes. Okay. It's not just us. It's not just aftermarket manufacturers. OEM manufacturers sometimes make shit parts. Sometimes they don't even make the parts that are shit. They just buy them from somebody and they are shit and they are putting them on the car and they turn to shit and they're getting blamed for them even though they bought them from somebody else, okay? Here's a famous here's a famous example of that. Many years ago, uh, BMW came out with an X5 and it was a it was kind of a you know big SUV style truck and was their first attempt at making an SUV. It was in the early 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 2000s and they were building them in the United States and so they had con they had put out a bid for somebody to make aux fans auxiliary fans that go on the back of the radiator or excuse me on the front of the radiator. Okay, it's an electric fan comes on when the air conditioning's on comes on when the engine's really hot. And the radiator's not really doing the job. This fan comes on. Okay, great. And they put out a bid for somebody in, in North America to build these fans for them so that they could install them in the vehicles uh, wherever the factory is. It's in South Carolina, I think. Okay. So they put out a bid and somebody won the bid. Somebody won the bid and said, oh, great. We get to make these fans. But they were literally going to make like 10 cents per fan. Okay, because that's how it works. Okay, you say, oh, this is what my costs are. This is how much it's going to cost to build each one. And then you say, okay, here's my markup. And if it's too high, you, you don't win the bid. You have to be competitive and it sucks. Okay, so what they did was after winning the bid for building these fans, they went out and they found cheaper parts that were out of spec for these fans. And it was a diode. And you would think, oh, it's a fucking diode. No big deal, right? Except that this diode allowed that fan to overheat. And oh, by the way, catch on fucking fire, which happened all the fucking time. And then we had to go back and the BMW mechanics in that era had to go back and change a lot of those fans to one that would not catch fire. And oh, by the way, 
find some remedy for those that did catch on fire. Ford also has this problem. They had a cruise control switch that was poorly made. Uh, I don't know if they made it themselves. I don't know as if it really matters at this particular point, but it was just a cruise control switch that screwed into the master cylinder that when it saw brake pressure, it turned the cruise control off. But it was wired with power and it would short out and then it would catch the truck on fire and they burned down a fucking hell of a lot of houses that way. And it was a big thing on 60 Minutes, okay? So for us to say, is it common for this part to fail often? Yeah, you could say that. How true it is? Well, there's degrees to it. Like I said, if you had three out of 500, you have less than 1%. But if you had like 100 out of 500, well, here again, that's 20%. That's a little too fucking high. And yeah, I would use the word common for that, okay? So it's it have to put it in the proper context. If a mechanic's saying to you it's common for this part to fail, and it has failed, does it matter if it's common to everybody else? No. Why do you give a fuck? It happened to you. You don't give a shit if it's common. Unless, of course, they're trying to replace it before it goes bad. In which case, you know, maybe you don't want to do it. Maybe you want to wait for it to fail. If it's a X5 aux fan or a fucking cruise control switch on a Ford, I'd make sure that shit was parked outside and not in my garage. Okay. Uh, moving on here. Uh, this is number 16. We can't let you in the back to show you the problem. Oh, well. Uh, we don't really like it when customers come back into the shop because they start to ask questions and they start to talk to you. And then, and I'll admit this, okay? I've talked to many customers over the years and most of the time they're overjoyed and maybe not overjoyed, but they're happy to speak to the mechanic. And, and this just, I found that this is true most of the time. They're overjoyed to speak to the guy who's actually fixing the car, which is a clue for you and me, okay? It's a clue for you and me which says, you know what? If we got rid of the service advisors and we got rid of the shop and we dealt with the customers ourselves, probably everything would be cool. The customers would pay less. We would earn more and the world would be great and the middleman would be completely chopped out and, oh, by the way, chopped up into little pieces and destroyed. I honestly think that the wave of the future is going to be for people to actually take their car to a mechanic personally to have them fix their car instead of going to a shop. This particular article seems to have it all wrong, where they think that everybody does that already and that they're all going to shyster mechanics, which is not true. Sure, there's some shysters out there. I can't deny that at all. But if you have a personal relationship with a person and you come see him all the time and you trust him, uh, that's gold. That's gold for a customer. It is absolute solid gold for a customer, okay? And if you get to talk to them, you are going to find out that they're usually, I would say probably, here's some Uncle Jimmy made up numbers, but I'd say 90 to 95% of the time, they're cool. They're happy to talk to you. They would love to know what's going on with their car. They love for you to point to something that is obviously fucked up and say, this is obviously fucked up. And then I go, oh, yeah, it's obvious even to me. And I'm, you know, who knows what you are, a pin setter or a fucking gardener or a doctor. It doesn't even really matter what you are. You could just be a, a fucking lifeguard. If I point to something broken and say, see that? That's broken. And you go, oh, it is broken. Yeah, you, you probably ought to have a new one. Unless, of course, you really like walking, you know? Seriously, okay? When they tell you they can't let you in the back to show you the problem, a lot of times what they'll say is, well, it's for insurance purposes. And they're not wrong, okay? Because you and I both know that shit happens in the shop. Not very often, hopefully, anyway, not very often, and usually it's not deadly, but there's going to be that one time where you don't set the lift right for some reason, or the lift is defective, 
or something's wrong and you're out there and you're underneath the car and you're showing a customer something on the undercarriage of their car and the lift gives out and it starts to come down and you've got the brains because you've been working in the shop all your life or at least for a while to get the fuck out from underneath the car. But the customer is standing there and they don't know what's going on. And the next thing you know, they're fucking flat as a fucking pancake underneath their own car, which I got to say brings kind of a little smile to my face, but it's not not a good thing, okay? <laughs> it's not funny either, goddammit, Uncle Jimmy. Can't be crushing customers, especially with their own car. <laughs> Although sometimes it would feel good. But anyway, that, that shit, I'm sure, because we've been building cars and fixing them for 120 some odd years now, I'm sure that at some point in time, Somewhere on this planet, that very scenario that I just listed for you has happened somewhere. It has. Where a lift was defective or it wasn't set up right and a customer was out with the mechanic looking at the car, looking at, who knows, the fucking U-joints or the transmission pan that's leaking or maybe the oil drain plug that's stripped stripped of shit or maybe some other fucking thing that's wrong and that lift started to fail, the car started to fall and maybe the technician got the fuck out of there. Maybe maybe the guy's wife got the fuck out of Dodge, but the guy's but the guy who owns the car got trapped underneath the car and now he's fucking gone. And it's a horrible scenario. And even though it it seemed kind of humorous a second ago, it's really not humorous. It's it's not safe for people to be in the shop, especially if they don't have the wherewithal to know that when they see the vehicle start to come down and somebody's not doing it on purpose, they need to get the fuck out of Dodge or else they're going to be buried in Boot Hill. All right. So when they say we can't let you back in the back to show you the problem, well, they can. You just have to be careful. And a lot of times you should probably wear safety glasses because shit's flying everywhere, especially when you're near me. If they tell you you can't go back into the shop, you should probably just not fight City Hall and just say, okay, I get it. But if they let you back there, you should feel privileged. Okay. If somebody comes back into my shop and they're the owner of the car, I like to at least say hello and then show them what's going on with the car and then hustle them back the fuck out of there before something bad happens to them or before your Uncle Jimmy says something obnoxious or obscene or both. Number 17 here, we're going to get toward the end here. I'm going to speed it up a little. I'm going real super long and Eric's going to be like, what the fuck? Uh, 17, we should flush your fluid or it will fail. Well, I have heard this term and it's right here in writing. It's funny because I, I, I've never really seen it in writing before. I have heard it before though. It said the fluid flush should be called the wallet flush. Well, that's not fucking completely fucking true. When you change your oil, you're te- you're technically flushing your oil, right? You're flushing out the old stuff and you're going to put new stuff in. Now, is that a bad thing? Fuck no, it's not bad. Stupid assholes. All right. How about power steering fluid? Well, that's another one. I've never actually flushed power steering fluid. Can it be done? Sure. Does it need to be done? Eh, I don't know. I'm on the fence about it. I've never read anything one way or the other, to be honest with you. I'm not going to do it. Um, Part of the reason I'm not going to do it is because all the cars I've been working on lately, they all have electric power steering, so there's no fluid there. And it's funny as shit to watch the new guy fucking struggle like a motherfucker when you tell him to check the power steering fluid on a car with an electric power steering rack. That's fucking great. That's some serious fun there, bro. Anyway, moving on. on. Um, I hate... I hate a lot of things about working on cars. Let me tell you what, brakes, doing tires is not really one of my favorite things. The other thing I really dislike is having to fuck with fluids like gear oil, especially in the rear differential. That shit stinks. That shit smells worse 
than anything in the world, literally. I mean, if you, if I had the choice of rubbing baby shit or gear oil on my body, I would rub the baby shit on my body. I'm not even making that up because that's it's terrible, terrible smelling shit. And it doesn't ever seem to fucking want to go away. I mean, literally, I get it on my hands on a Friday. Sunday, I'll be like, oh God, I can still fucking smell it. Seriously. And coolant. Oh my God. Is there anything that, that that's worse than getting it on you than coolant? Maybe brake fluid. That's another one, okay? But now brake fluid flushes are something that you should absolutely do every two years. And here's why. Brake fluid, and if you don't know this, you should probably learn this because this is important to know as an automotive mechanic. Brake fluid is hygroscopic, which means it absorbs water. And you might be like, well, who gives a fuck? It's brake fluid. Water's fluid too. Yes. Okay. You are correct with that assumption. But where the problem lies is, is that brake fluid does not boil as quickly as water does. And you're like, okay, who gives a fuck? Well, you will. Okay, if you get a lot of water in your brake system, okay, because when you put your brakes on, what happens is you are changing the energy that of your vehicle moving forward into heat. And, and oh, by the way, a lot of heat, okay? And it can cause the brake fluid to boil if that heat becomes overwhelming. That's why you'll find racing brake fluids boil at a very, very high temperature. Regular brake fluids boils at a pretty high temperature itself, but water, uh-uh, you can boil the fuck out of water at right around 200 degrees or 100 degrees Celsius. And you know what happens when it boils? It changes. It changes state. When you boil something, it goes from being a liquid to being a gas. And boys and girls, you cannot squeeze a liquid. You can't, you may be able to squeeze it really, really tiny little bit, but you can squeeze the fucking shit out of a gas. You could squeeze the shit out of a gas. So if you had water in your brakes and they got too hot and they boiled and then you had steam, well, we've all we've all driven cars that had air in the brake lines, haven't we? Yeah, it don't work. They don't work. So you want to take your brake fluid and you want to get that shit the fuck out of there. And I'll tell you what, I don't know why. This is the weirdest thing, okay? I've been doing brake fluid flushes for right around 20 years now. And when I got to Texas, I don't know what the fuck is going on down here. I think there's something wrong with the air. Uh, but brake fluid down here is green. And I know that it's the same shit that we have up north. It's just down here, it's green. So the heat does something to it weird. And the greener it is, the longer it's been in the car. And some of it comes out and it's straight up black, not even green. And I don't know what the fuck, what the fuck is going on with the green brake fluid, but I like to get that shit the fuck out of there. So a flush, at least as far as brake fluid goes, is almost always going to be a good thing because you get out all the contaminants to go with it. You might even get a little air out. I did one today that seemed like there was a shit house of air in it. The brakes have got to work better without all that air in there. Uh, yeah, that's a flush that's, that's almost always good. It's recommended by my particular brand every two years. Uh, I know also, too, that there's a lot of cars in the junkyard that still have the original brake fluid in them. So some people will be like, eh, it's not that important. And go, eh, okay, whatever you say. Uh, as far as uh, coolant, I don't like to mess around with coolant too much. It's terrible stuff to fuck with. It's just slippery and slimy, and, and, and it can smell really bad. And a lot of times when it smells really, really bad, almost like a dead and dying carp, you need to actually change it. You do need to flush it because it's going to fail if it gets cold out. And eventually it's going to get cold everywhere, at least at some point in time. So you want to make sure that you do actually flush that fluid out if it starts to look and or smell or both, like shit, uh, we should flush your fluid or it will fail. Honestly, yeah, fluids fail all the time. Fuck, 
I had to drain, uh, I just bought a car recently and it had been stored in a barn for about 25, 30 years. And I pulled some gasoline out of it, or at least what used to be gasoline wasn't fucking gas anymore. Wasn't gas anymore. And the engine would not have ever fucking run on it. Never would not have ever run on it. That stuff smelled so fucking putrid. And there was about 10 gallons of it in there. And it made my oil drain smell really bad for a long time. Should you flush your fluids? Fuck yeah, you should flush your fluids. I don't know why why you would think you're getting fucked. Let me tell you something here again with the maintenance. Boys and girls, people are not getting rich doing fluid flushes on your car. So really, my thinking is, could could flushing old fluid out and putting new fluid in be a bad thing? I don't think it really can. It says here they are almost never needed, but that's bullshit. That's somebody who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. Now, people who think they're getting ripped off can can take anything that you say to them and, and just twist it around and change your words and maybe change what you what you're trying to get across to them and make you think that you that they think you're trying to rip them off. And I'm like, whatever, whatever. We have fluid in our transmissions. We have fluid in our transmissions and it's called lifetime fluid. And I agree that it should be lifetime. But I've drained it out a few times on some cars for one reason or another. And it's filthy dirty. A lot of times that's the only time, that's the only reason that you change it. It's just to put new, clean, fresh stuff in. And that can't be bad. Quit telling people it is, okay? Maybe some flushes are a wallet flush, but I would say that not all the time. Number 18, we thought this would fix it, but turns out you need that. Um, uh, Look, a smart. Uh, <laughs> this is never going to happen to a smart mechanic, okay? Because if you go into a system and you can't figure out what's wrong with it and you decide to change something and you put that in there and, and you find out that whatever it was you changed didn't fix it, you now know what isn't going to fix it? You have chopped the problem in a probably in a half or maybe in thirds, okay? Because in a lot of cases, what you have in a car, and we're talking mostly probably about electrical components, because this happens happens sometimes with them, okay? You'll have a control module, and then you'll have a component which is either an output or an input. It's either a sensor that's telling you something, or it's a motor of some sort, or whatever, or a solenoid, okay? But it's either an output or an input. And then you have wiring. Now, wiring is quite frankly, between you and me, pretty easy shit to check. You just pop it off on both ends, isolate the circuit, check for ohms, check to see if you have continuity to ground, continuity to power. If everything's good, the wires are fucking good. Okay. Make sure the pins fit nice and tight and that you got good contact. You have now diagnosed one third of the problem. Now, let's say you can't figure out the rest of it. Okay. So you change your control module. Well, you plug the control module in, you program it up, you code it, and it still fucks up. Guess what? You know it's not the wiring, and you know it's not the control module. Guess what it is? It's either the input or the output. It's either a sensor or a motor or a solenoid or whatever the other thing is, okay? And what you will do in lots of cases, I have done this, you say, well, you know, the uh, the uh, the component that we changed was bad, but in the in the uh, in the course of operation of that component by that control module, it has shorted it out. It has caused it to go full duty. I mean, you can full duty. <coughs> You'll have to excuse me. That one was uh, unintentional, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> no, it's sometimes you you have to you have to kind of uh, you have to kind of cover your ass. You have to say, listen, I'm going to change the control module. In the course of it being bad, it may have ruined the input or the output. It may have ruined it. It may have shorted it out. And there are times when that actually does happen. And, and a lot of times what you can do is just change them both anyway. 
you know, like the fuel pump and the uh, control module. You do that because one's going to cause the other one to go bad or both of them are bad. Or if one of them's good and one of them's bad and you change the one that's bad and then the good one goes bad, you're kind of you're kind of going to lose in either situation. We thought this would fix it, but turns out you need that. Well, a good shop, a good service advisor, and even a good mechanic will never put it like that. They'll say to you, oh, and then they'll tell you beforehand, say, listen, we have to change the control module because the control module is bad, but it may have also damaged the output. We'll know after we do it. You can either replace them both now or we can take a chance that the other component is still good. And I've done that many times. And I have one right now that I did that on where I said, you know, I, I let them know that, you know, we made a repair and it's good. You know, it works. It's it's driving just fine. But a lot of times this other component that's in that system can fail due to the fact that the other one had failed. And most of the time, everything's fine. But every once in a while, every once in a while, you do get a car that comes back and says, oh, yeah, remember I told you you needed that part? Yeah, you need that part. Got to remember, it's about covering your ass sometimes, okay? You don't want to you don't want to tell somebody that, oh, we thought that would fix it, but it turns out you need this. No, you have to cover yourself, you cover your ass before that happens, okay? Now, here's what it says here. And I want to read this because this is great because obviously the article wasn't written by a mechanic. It says, the problem comes with mechanics who operate as parts replacers. These mechanics have difficulty diagnosing problems and instead replace parts in hopes that it fixes the problems. I've met quite a few of these people. And like I said, if they replace a part, they have eliminated that as the problem. So that is definitely uh, a diagnostic procedure that I I don't recommend. But on the other hand, I have at times and rarely as rarely as possible for me have actually done that because to actually diagnose uh, some problems, some problems with the vehicles that I have, I have to disassemble something so far apart to even get to it that if I get to it and I find out that it's good or if I get to it and I find out that it's bad, I'm going to end up replacing it anyway because I'm not going back in there ever again, (laughs) ever again. Okay. And it does here in this particular case, it all depends on the relationship you have with the customer. If you are an actual physical mechanic that they have, you'll say, listen, this part is bad. It may have wrecked that other one too. We're going to do this. If you have, if you continue to have problems, we'll have to do that one too. If it's a shop, your service advisor should sort of be able to speak in a ter- to your customers in a manner that lets them know, say, we're going to do this, but we may have to do that as well. It, it entirely depends on what you tell your customers. Obviously, it says here, but if the mechanic can't justify their first repair and won't refund it, you should be looking elsewhere. Uh, I'd say that's good, but you know, most shops have it down pat pretty much. Most shops will be able to, to tell you that, listen, this is, this is bad, and it may have ruined that, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to let you go with just that repair. Here's the last thing, number 19. I'll bet you Eric's glad I'm at the end. It couldn't hurt to do this or that. It's only a matter of time. Well, yeah, it's only a matter of time. Time is going to fix everything. Just let me let me put that out there for you right now. Time will fix everything. Time makes you forget what you were doing. Time makes you forget what happened to you. Time eventually will take you right away from this whole place. You'll be gone. So will the cars. So will everybody you know, everything you know. Eventually... In the very end, the sun is going to explode and it will instantly vaporize everything on this planet, including the planet itself. So 
It couldn't hurt to do this or that because eventually the sun's going to explode. Listen, you learned it. It says here, you learned it a long time ago as a kid. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, uh, there are cases where stuff needs to be repaired before it breaks because if it does break, it's going to be catastrophic. Now, here's an example for you. A wheel bearing. Now, wheel bearings, when they go bad, they make a hell of a lot of noise. But guess what? They're still kind of doing their job. And I mean, unless, of course, the wheel flies completely off, you're going to have some semblance of a wheel bearing in there, however crude it may be, that is doing the job that the wheel bearing at least used to do. It may destroy your hub. It may destroy your half shaft. It may destroy your wheel. Uh, It could destroy a lot of things on the way, but it really technically isn't broken. Are you going to fix it? Well, hell yeah, you're going to fix it for Christ's sakes. It's a fucking wheel bearing. It's kind of an important part of your car. But how many of us have ever seen a wheel bearing actually fail completely to the point where either A, the wheel won't turn, or B, the wheel fell the fuck off? It doesn't happen very often. In fact, I, I can't recall a time when I've ever seen it happen. But I've seen many, 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 one more time, many cars have bad wheel bearings. And they're technically not broken, but we fix them anyway. They make noise. It's not good. And uh, I actually had one. My mother had a Cutlass Sierra. And uh, everyone in the family used it with the exception of me. But I was the guy who fixed it. She had a bad wheel bearing. And nobody in my family decided that it, to take it upon themselves to get this fixed. So I had to fix it. And I'm not bitter about it, not even a little bit. But it had worn the tire out on that side really, really, really badly. So not only did I have to replace a wheel bearing that was probably one of the worst I ever saw, which I didn't have too much trouble with, but I had to replace the fucking tire. And then when I got it all done, somebody came over and took it, one of my fucking siblings, and drove it and came back like 10 seconds later or maybe five minutes later and remarked, I I can't believe it. It's like a new car again. Oh, yeah. It's funny when you fix something, it fucking works better. Asshole. (laughs) Uh, It couldn't hurt to do this or that. It's only a matter of time. Well... You know, as a mechanic, I have done that on cars. I know that there's certain things on cars that I own that are going to go south on me. And you know what? I'm going to replace that shit before it goes south on me because I don't know how far south I'm going to be when it goes. I might have to walk home. I might have to get a flight. The battery in my fucking truck, I could tell it was going bad. It was fucking seven years old. I bought a new one. It wasn't broken yet, but it was uh, it was on the list to be broken. It was on the list to go bad, so I replaced it. It wasn't broke, but I fixed it. So that that statement, that don't work that well. That doesn't, well, my grammar's broken now. What the fuck happened there? Seriously, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's, uh, that's it's just too general of a statement to be true in all cases. You want to fix stuff before it breaks? If it isn't broken yet, what are you going to do? Fix it dumbass uh it couldn't hurt to do this or that obviously written by someone who isn't a mechanic here's here's what i have to say about this okay and it's in summary and i'll bet you're all glad that it's over we have definite problems as an occupation as mechanics no one except us is going to help us with those people who don't know their asshole from a hole in the ground think we're ripping them off people who do know their asshole from a hole in the ground think we're ripping them off service advisors propagate that particular myth by throwing us under the bus so that it makes it easier for them to either sell or in some cases not sell the recommendations that we have made to the customer. Our service managers, our shop owners, our general managers, anybody that we have to deal with in a business setting also 
is complicit in this particular myth. It's going to be up to us, singularly, you and me, the mechanics, the technicians, whatever you prefer to call yourself, it's going to be up to us to fix our reputation. It's not going to be easy. We may not, we may fail. One of the things that I have in store for you guys is a web app that you'll be able to access on your phone or on your computer that people can post things that are wrong with their vehicles or maybe just maintenance, whatever they have, whatever concerns they have with their vehicle, they can post what's wrong and you go in and you bid on them. They're going to want to know. They're going to want to know the exact same thing they always want to know. How much is it going to cost and how long is it going to take? If you're a mechanic and you're looking for a specific job to prepare, looking for a specific repair to make, or you're familiar with a certain repair, you should know how long it takes and you should be familiar with how much it costs and you should be able to answer these ads. Okay. You should be able to make a bid on these particular posts that people are going to make. You're going to be the guy. You're going to be their mechanic. You're going to fix the reputation because you're going to take care of them and their car. You're going to charge them a lot less, which is going to make them real fucking happy. And they're going to pay you more than the shops and the dealerships that you're working at now are paying you. And that's going to make you happy. And the only unhappy people in the whole equation are going to be the shop owners and the dealership owners. And I can't wait to make those motherfuckers unhappy. All right. So with that thought, your Uncle Jimmy's going to go to bed and he's going to turn this thing off and he's just going to say, I want us all to be better. I want everyone to think better of us. And with that said, I'm going to sign off and I'm going to say, see ya.